coming to you from high atop our studios in the San Francisco Bay Area, you're listening to Tech Move. This is episode 23, and in today's show, we discuss component and HDMI splitting issues. We talk about the GH4 and the Metabone Speed Booster combo. And we talk all things Sony and their A7 line of cameras. Plus, much, much more. I'm Rod Louie, and with me is Keith Moreau. Get ready, folks. It's time for another exciting episode of Tech Move. Let's go! Another brand new episode of Tech Move. Rod Louie here with you at long last and joining me, the most fantastic Keith Moreau. Keith, how hey. are you? I'm good, Rod. Good. It is Very excellent. Uh, we haven't spoken in a while. Uh, have you renounced your citizenship <laughs> to America? And joined uh, the French Foreign Legion or something like that. What have you been doing? Oh uh, well, I've I've been. I guess I took a couple little vacations in the last month and a half, and just been really busy. And I know you've taken some trips too. And yes, we just didn't get it together. But and uh, you know that's how much we think of the listening audience. <laughs> uh, but you know, folks, hey, uh, leisure is much more important than. Uh, than anything else. So, uh, but hey, I'm glad that we could reconvene and get our happy little circus uh, back going <laughs> again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tech Move, and we want to thank you for joining us today. We have so much to cover. Um, Keith, in, in the last, what, couple of months since we last spoke, it, it seems like the whole earth fell down, picked itself back up again with all this new merchandise and material that's out there, all, uh, all, all, all within the latter parts of summertime. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I, 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 I couldn't believe. It. I, you know, I was, I was at one trip. Oh, something's going to be announced. Uh, and then I came back and said, oh, you know, me, me and Keith should get together and record something. Then, but then it was time for another vacation. Oh, now Apple's released this and they released that. Holy Toledo, we can't keep up with this stuff. Yeah, it's it's a lot of stuff. I think what happens is, you know, at NAB, there's a lot of pre-announcements right before or during NAB. Um, and that was, uh, I guess, April this year. But, um, but then what happens is um, there's another show called IBC which is kind of the Euro European um, NAB. Okay. And uh, and so there's a lot of other, a lot of new announcements right around that show as well. I mean, so. it, it, it just seems like uh, like everyone, and, and, and they weren't just like little things here and there. These were like major new releases have come out. Uh, uh, new products of great significance have hit the, have hit the stores now. Uh, everything is out there now that that you could uh, you know, and there it's well before Christmas time. <laughs> it's well, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming out, and it's just it's just all new stuff. It's like you don't know what to you don't know what to plunk your money on. Yeah, down on. So exactly. Okay, so 
let 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 me start off this conversation by telling you my complete and utter disgust on what has happened here, and that is, I go on a little trip, right, and uh, I, uh, I go up to Alaska. And I'm up there because uh, not only for vacation, but also wanting to shoot some uh, some nature, uh, either stills or video or a little bit of both, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, to commemorate that, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast or not, but uh, I uh, made the decision. I'm going to jump in with both feet, and I'm going to get an iPhone 6 Plus, Okay. Okay. Very happy. Very happy with it. Great, great phone. Well, actually, I'm kind of lying. The the phone's not really all that great. Actually, I thought my 4S phone wise was better, but <laughs> but the but the thing itself really really terrific. Right. Uh, I I didn't get the 128. I got a 64 gigger. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and and it, it was fine. Uh, 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 you know, used it on trip. Great. Very, very happy with it. Said, oh, man, now I'm future proof for at least, you know, three months. I'm future proof. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I was wrong. At I least. was future proof for about <laughs> an hour and 16 minutes. <laughs> then, you know, good old Timmy Cook uh, comes out and he says, uh, hey, by the way. Let's uh, go ahead, and I don't know why I'm doing Tim Cook with a Jerry Seinfeld impression, <laughs> but he goes, hey, you know, uh, where are we going to bring out the, the, the 6S and 6S Plus that can do 4K? <laughs> what the heck is going on here? I was ready to throw my phone at the iceberg that we were passing by and say, what the heck is going on here? Why do they always have to do this to me? Why is it that I, Rod Louie, have to endure this pain constantly? You know, it's the same thing. GH1, hey, a week later they brought the GH2. Not that that was a fantastic character, but they still brought out the GH2. <laughs> what is going on around here? I anyway. Think it has to do with timing. It, it does. Just, just like comedy has to do with timing. <laughs> <laughs> that that's right and, 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 and you know it just goes to show that whenever you purchase something you just got to be happy for the moment and, and and you can't cry about it later on i mean no, even though no. i am crying about the 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 6s because it, it does seem like a pretty neat unit keith how many of those have you already purchased <laughs> uh, already i'm actually um i'm looking right on the at&t website or the the buyiphone.apple.com website right now. Yes. So, and, and, and does that mean you're about to uh, click buy now? I'm I'm actually just pricing them right now because mm. when I priced them before, it was it seemed like they were really too expensive because I I was going to go for the upgrade and get the subsidy from AT and T. You know, and it's usually like five hundred dollars less than the retail price. Yes. And it seemed like like a week ago when I when they first announced it and I looked, it seemed like they were still like super expensive, but aren't so, they the same prices as when we uh, purchased our our original sixes? They should be, but um, they don't seem to be, and it seems like it's still the same issue. Hmm. So I'm not really sure. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Huh. I think I paid like five hundred dollars for my last one twenty eight gig, and now it's nine forty nine. So 
maybe it could it be because you're you're not within your um your uh, allowable upgrade period isn't it a two-year thing maybe but i i think i don't think i upgraded on this particular phone before i think i upgraded on another one that i have so i have like five five phones in my account okay and the way i do is i kind of circulate and i do something called a cross grade yes where i apply that kind of uh, subsidized thing to another line and then switch the line over. So it's still giving me like a really high price on these. So, so w- w- your, your thoughts, your, your quick thoughts on the success and, and, uh, and your disgust on, uh, <laughs> on, on, uh, Apple's, uh, release schedule. I'm not actually that disgusted because, well, then I don't uh, want to talk to you. Let's hang, <laughs> let's hang up right now. You don't support my views. No, then. you, you you have a right to be disgusted, especially when you buy them a month before their normal annual release cycle. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which I am so famous at doing. I'm so famous Which for has catching been the bus late. Predictable for the last ten years. Yes, <laughs> this is this is correct. Uh, because uh, because my stupid thing is I want to wait you know I want to be the first one to buy that thing let me let me wait to get the, uh, them to get all the kinks out okay they got all the kinks out but now we're bringing out a new version so I'm I've, I've missed the boat oh, yeah got it okay go ahead sorry yeah so I guess I when you told me that you had bought one the last I think it was the last podcast which right. you were maybe a couple months ago yes and uh i was just thinking hmm the new one's going to come out like tomorrow <laughs> right and it did <laughs> but i didn't say anything thank you i wanted you to enjoy your nice new shiny iphone 6 and and you know what in all in all honesty i still enjoy it immensely yeah. it's 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 still really really great right and yeah. it, it's still a terrific tool and um but you know hey uh, from from all from everything that I've seen thus far, the only thing I'm missing is the 4K, which is kind of which is kind of neat. I don't know if it's exactly the deal breaker for me or not. For you, it would be. Well, the thing is, is that that's just 4K using their their camera app, but you can actually do 4K now on the phone on this on your phone if you get get the right app. Oh, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. yeah, and I've been so I've been shooting tons of 4K videos. With, with, um, with your with your original six. Yep. Um, let me see what what app it is. I can't remember it. Um, and, and that was going to be my next thing because I went and purchased, and I, and we've never talked about this before because you know the this podcast does deal with still photography as well as oh, yeah. at least that's what I'm changing the rules to be right now, <laughs> and that is uh uh. Y- I had always used the built-in iOS, you know, photo app. Yeah, you know that 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 comes with iOS, right? Yeah, yeah. But then uh, I I started reading about other, you know, other applications out there, for, uh, and and we again we're primarily talking about still photography at this particular moment, right? And uh, and I went and purchased one without consulting you, so I hope that uh, <laughs> you, you don't mind this. Uh, but I bought something called Pro Camera. Yeah, I think that's the one that I. I think that's the one that I'm using. Is it? Uh, Pro Cam. Mm, uh, mine actually has the full name Pro Camera. Pro Camera. Okay. Right. Well, I think I probably have. I think I bought pretty much every single, <laughs> like, camera app that is available. <laughs> I have about a hundred of them, so I probably did buy that. <laughs> 
Uh, I think I have so many that I can't decide which one to use, and I just use the built-in Apple one. (laughs) 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 And uh, is there a separate app for 4K video? Yeah, the one that I've been using is called ProCam. P-R-O-C-A-M. Maybe M-M. I'm going to look it up right now and, and just, just to see if you're telling me the truth. P-R-O-C-A-M is what's coming up. The problem is right now it's crashing on me, so I'm not not sure. What, I need to, before I reinstall it, I need to... Oh, is it ProCam 3 or something like yes, that? Yes, that's it. ProCam yes. 3 manual camera and photo video editor? Uh, yeah. I don't think it's... Is it editor? I don't know. Uh, that's what it says. Here, let me look it up on the App Store. Right. Anyway, that's the one I've been using. I think there's quite a few 4K camera apps out there. Okay. Um, uh, or video apps, and and all the camera apps are really good too. They give you a lot of control. Yes. Much more con- much more fine tuning if yes. you need it. Yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, what have you found with your your app? Uh, I I was able to do you know uh exposure control ISO. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- which for me is really all that I really needed. And uh, when I was out in Alaska and we would have some bright, you know, bright sun, it was great to, you know, dial that down. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, when it was a little bit darker, raise that ISO a little bit and, and yeah. get some nice shots. Much, you know, just in that alone, better than the built-in uh, camera app that's on iOS now. Yeah. So in, in that way, that was good. Oh, and actually what the best feature was, and I don't know if m- my camera is just set up this way, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, using the built-in camera app, um, my photos were kind of like standard, like lack of a better term, four by three uh, uh, type of aspect ratio. Yeah. Whereas with the pro camera stuff, the camera apps that you buy, it, it the cameras are shot full screen. Hmm. Okay. So at least that's what I found. So so in that way, it was better. Uh, buying this thing, right? What uh, was better, right? Because it made because because it, it made the most out of my uh, real estate. Right. Your, the, sen- your sensor. Six. Yeah. 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 It's like a sixteen by nine instead of four by three. Correct. That's what you get. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, I, I would get the four by three via the you know built-in camera app, mm-hmm. but then I get the sixteen by nine in the paid one. Yeah, that makes sense. So that was that was nice. That was really yeah. really good. Yeah, and you know the camera really. And if there's anything I love about it, it's not even just in the iPhone six, but all these you know more modern. I you know from four S on is that uh, uh, panoramic thing. I just love panoramic. Yeah, I think it's so so successful. Yeah, it's it's so easy to get a nice wide shot, and sometimes you don't have to. Well, you probably know this. You don't have to, you know, have a super long pano. Right. You just need it for a little bit wider angle. That's right. I, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I, and and what's nice is that you can dial that to whatever you want, right? Which is yeah. nice. You yeah. can be as wide or as short as you want, and it's great. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very very yeah. nice. Yeah, I'm just I'm actually always amazed by how good the photos are on the iPhones. It's just, you know, no wonder the point and shoots are just dropping like flies. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
So, so well, you like it? You didn't, I, drop, I, I, you didn't I, drop it. It wasn't too slippery. I, I I bought a nice case for it. Nice, uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, kind of rubbery Apple case that I paid way too much for. Mm. Uh, but it but it was great. It did, uh, haven't dropped it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been very very secure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and even though I stick it in my back pocket and I bend over. Uh, it hasn't cracked on me or split no. in half or anything like that, which hasn't, is good. Hasn't bent. Nope, hasn't bent. No bending. Uh, that's nope, good. Nope, not not yet. So so that that that's a good thing. Uh-huh. It, it's a good thing. Now tell me this: if you are actively looking to see what your purchase plan is, you are going to make that jump to the to the success. Oh yeah, if if I can get it for the subsidized price, I will get it. And r- reasons. Do I need a reason? Yeah, you 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 need to give us one. You need to give us one. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess slow mo. Like, uh, like the idea of slow mo. I think just in general, the photo and video capabilities just a bit better. Just yeah, a little, just a, think, a year better technology. Right. They they improved the 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 lenses quite a bit, didn't they? Um, you know, honestly, I haven't super investigated all the different specifics with them but i just know in general when i was kind of reviewing it it just seemed like the processor is faster the video processor is faster the photo processing is better um i guess it's higher resolution too yeah i think so was it 12 megapixels i think it's 12 now so i don't know if that's good i don't know what ours is frankly i I don't even thought ours ours was 10 but i could be wrong oh yeah. yeah But, uh, I mean, obviously, that's not so, so important if I don't even know what it is. <laughs> but, right, exactly. I mean, exactly. it's good enough to blow up pretty big. Yeah. Um, I mean, my A7S is 12 megapixels, so, and I use that for pro photography. So, right. um, the megapixels aren't that important. When you start getting below 8, maybe it is. But, right. Um, just because you can't blow them up that big. But anything 12 and beyond, it's like, unless you're doing posters, it's fine. Right. Um, yeah, I think maybe the low light sensitivity. Um, just just things regarding the camera it's better and i think the processor just overall on the phone is probably a little bit faster um not to say that your phone isn't just completely perfect because that's the same one that i have right now and it's fine right i never i never find it lacking um i have a feeling when i go up to ios 9 it's going to start bogging down more and i was going to ask you about that ios 9 are you uh have have you switched over or upgraded yet no i'm kind of avoiding the upgrade i just I just find, and this is kind of, this is the one thing, I guess, I guess if I wanted to complain at Apple, like you were complaining, I, (laughs) I would just complain about how the new versions of the iOS kind of render older versions of the phone really useless. Yes. Like, uh, like for example, um, remember I told you I swim with my iPhone? Right. And actually I was using an iPod touch. It was an iPod touch. Yes. Yes. Fourth generation. But I have a bunch of iPhones too that I have uh, waterproof cases for. Right. And I lost the iPhone iPod Touch somehow. Um, you lost it? Yeah, I lo- I was oh, swimming no. with the family, kids, and all the stuff, and and I just noticed I didn't have it in my pocket anymore. Oh no! So it must have dropped out when I was swimming, or I left it somewhere, and then I, you know, the club that I was swimming at, uh, you know, didn't start turn up and lost and found. Um, you know, it's probably still sitting at the bottom of the pool somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where's Keith? But uh, <laughs> anyway, I lost it. With <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, most likely somebody just took it, but um, which isn't, which is not fun, but um, it's okay because, um, but the thing was, it was about maybe 
I mean, you add it up, it's like 200 bucks. Just poof, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that was an iPod Touch, I guess, 4, and I think it was on iOS 6, maybe? Okay. You know, so that's like two or three versions back now. Right. And uh, so I had an iPhone 4, an old iPhone 4, that had a waterproof case. And so I decided to put that into use. And it was actually on iOS. Somehow, I think... I had gotten a replacement from Apple, and they automatically upgraded to the the most modern iOS that it can take at that time. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think it's on iOS seven. Okay, on an on an iPhone uh, four, and it's just hardly usable. Oh yeah, because if it's not the four S, yeah, anything before the four S is pretty much rendered worthless at that point. Yeah, so I don't even know why they allow that to be upgraded to that because it's almost useless yeah like it's so slow and and when i'm using and i i mostly use the iphone when i'm swimming and so i need to use the the podcast app right which i also just hate with passion now like the the podcast app the podcast app yeah i know you hated it (laughs) like uh easily a year or two ago yeah I hate it even more now. You still... <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate it But really. they got rid of that reel-to-reel thing, which I loved. Uh, <laughs> when they got rid of the reel-to-reel, it just went downhill. It just... <laughs> it's just so... It just needs to check the internet for everything it does. It just needs to say, okay, even though I've got this thing on my... On a local system here, I'm just going to still check the internet just to see if I can check it for no reason. And it just... And then it just takes forever. <laughs> And this is, unres- you know, you press something and nothing happens, you know. So basically, I feel lucky when I actually start playing something and, and then start swimming. <laughs> I try not to touch it after that. Right, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, on iOS 6, I guess, on that same phone, it was fine using that version of the podcast app. Yeah. Because it was a little bit less sophisticated, I guess. It wasn't right. doing so much stuff. Right. Um, and it, But it was fine for me because all I want to do is just find something that I've synced with iTunes and just play it. Right. It, and now I have to do this whole thing where it's so independent from computers syncing and just going to the internet, but that's its downfall. You know, if you don't have a good internet connection or it's just slow, it's just bad. Y- so. y- you know, now that I think of it, you, you, you are right about that because the podcast things that are on there, and even though if you get rid of a podcast that you've already listened to, it still seems to be there somewhere. It, it it never seems to really go away. It's always there. Like it might not be on your local device, but sure there, like from iCloud, ready to ready to download <laughs> again, right? With the little cloud with the arrow going down. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah never really goes away. <laughs> no. And so, actually, just recently, like in the last couple of days, I got so frustrated. I said, I'm going to get the very, very, very newest iPod Touch, which is really nice. Yeah. It's kind of like an iPhone 6 Right. Technology. It just doesn't have the phone thing. That's all. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's not that expensive. They're like 200 bucks. Right. For the, or 250 So, but I was, I've been looking for a waterproof case for these. And it seems like all the people that made waterproof case, they probably got sued too many times for drowning people's phones. <laughs> So they don't. There's hardly anybody that makes any anymore. There's LifeProof, which I've been using. Right. They make this thing called the iProof Free, and it's like its claim to fame is that it doesn't have a front face on it or something. You you basically put the phone in, and then you essentially put a sticky on the front of the iPhone, and that's supposed to keep it waterproof. <laughs> it's just like I can't. I'm gonna email them or call them and say, so tell me, can I actually swim with this or not? Do you right. recommend it? 
<laughs> right. J- just a real simple question. Yeah, because you've made this so. I guess they're trying to make it thinner and thinner, and right. But they've made it, you know, not very durable underwater. So anyway, so I really want to get that new iPod Touch. Though that looks pretty cool. Uh, you, you know, it, it, it's funny you mention that because um, uh, I have this new car. I oh, mean, you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so I bought this new car. And that's mm-hmm. another reason why uh, I I couldn't uh, be on the podcast because <laughs> okay. I, because uh, I I need to save up every last dime <laughs> that I have to pay for this car. So the three hours that we spend doing the podcast, yes, you could exactly. be making money. I, I I could be working at Target to uh, you know helping them you know pass out ten cent grocery bags. Or you could uh, be one of those guys that have those signs. The sign guys that they kind of like swing their signs around, do acrobatics, and uh, you mean you mean twirly. selling pizzas at the corner, whatever. Uh, right, I've seen yes. it for everything. I I, I could <laughs> do bonds. that. I I I could do that if I wasn't so afraid of myself decapitating myself <laughs> by spinning it around. The, the spinning is dangerous. overzealous. I've heard of a lot of accidents. Yes, yes, yeah. So so I bought this car, right? And uh, you know, cars have always had Bluetooth technology in them for a long time yeah for but several you, years but yeah. like uh like uh we have this 2010 vehicle right mm-hmm. had bluetooth in it great right. you know it's hands-free telephone all this kind of stuff oh, fantastic yeah. mm-hmm. well now the bluetooth now they find at least my car now they finally decide hey not only let's do that but let's also allow audio to be broadcast via bluetooth so you right. could you know so we could do that which is so funny because I know that that's been in existence forever too, but my car manufacturer just discovered this. So this is <laughs> this is brand new technology for them. Okay, make a long story a little longer here. My music player in the car is usually my old iPod video. Now, oh yeah, think back long time ago because iPod video, I think, was third generation iPod. Right? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Long time ago. I mean, where it was still like at what thirty or forty gigs, right? Uh, right. Uh, and and now you know those iPod Classics were like one hundred twenty gigs, which was awesome, right? right. Which right. was just terrific. But they don't even sell those anymore. Okay. Anyway, those things don't run off Bluetooth. All, all, every one of these things runs off the 30-pin connector, okay? Oh, right, right. So, uh-huh. so my newer car only has the lightning connector on it. Okay. So I can't use that interface. Uh, and there is... So here, 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 here's a challenge to our listeners out there. If you're handy-dandy with some soldering guns, make a lightning cable adapter that goes to a 30-pin. That's what we need in this universe right now. Try and find one, you won't find one. It's impossible. You mean mean there's a female lightning and then a male 30 30 pin? 30 pin, that is correct. There's the other way, I know. Uh, The other way, no problem, because all they're using is the old old cords. I've got like five of them. I bought like five of them for like a buck and a half or something like that. Yeah. Very, very useful. But go the other way. Yeah. And they're just non-existent, and I'm sure oh. it has to do with power and all this kind of junk. Yeah. But uh, but nonetheless, that's the challenge that I have for all manufacturers out there is to go <laughs> that reverse route. So yeah. anyway, so my only way of using my new car stereo system with Bluetooth is essentially buying 
a brand new Bluetooth enabled iTouch or something like that that has Bluetooth on it. Right, right, right. Which is which is totally lame. Which is totally lame. Well, wait. So I have a question. You you don't want to use your your phone? Uh, n- not really. I mean, I I have been. I do a little bit, but uh-huh. uh, but y- you know the good old iPods, the, especially the one I have. It's like leave it in the car, and it's yeah. always there. What if you um now now could you just load up uh, a flash USB thumb drive with songs and then do that uh you could you could but what am i gonna do with my ipod i love my little ipod <laughs> i love okay. my little ipod you want to keep you want to keep using it i i, I do i really want to keep because what else is it good for it's good what for about, nothing else oh i got it okay how about this Go the ahead. the ox out ox in the ox in Can yeah you do that? i i i could do that but mm-hmm. i don't like using the headphone jack Oh, because you don't want to damage it? Well, no, I just don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, what's, what's wrong with it? I don't know. It, 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 it's, it, I don't know. I don't like it. I, I, always, I always heard it wasn't that great of, of a thing. So he, here is the greatest, though. Here's the greatest. And I divert a little bit from w- what we're going to talk about. We'll have to add this onto our talking points for our notes. But I bought a fantastic Bluetooth transmitter that is a 30-pin uh, connector uh, attached to it, shall we say. Uh, Keith, if you have a, your browser right now, uh-huh. go to uh, techmovepodcast.com uh, slash Amazon, as all of our fine listeners should go to and uh, help support the podcast. But go to Amazon right now and type in the word Kokia, all with Ks, uh, and this I10S is the model number. I how do you spell How do you spell K-O-K-K-I-A. K-K. Okay, that's what I got wrong. K-O-K-K-I-A. I-10S. I-10S. Okay. Do that. Got and it. And that's what I bought. Oh, okay. That's what I bought. It's a little 50, $55 thing. $55 Bluetooth transmitter. Uh-huh. So it converts... Uh, you know, uh, what was going to be an obsolete <laughs> iPod to my new car, mm-hmm. and and with this little trick, it it, it does do the trick. It, it it works. It works really, really great. Only problem is that it you, you can't charge the device at the same time. That's the only problem with it. Oh, but otherwise, otherwise, it does work like a charm. It does work great. Okay, well that that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that that works out good. So so that that not uh, not bad. No, not, bad. not 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 too bad. I don't know how we got to this point, but I just want no. To that's okay. I think all of our little um, like car audio things are kind of interesting and very 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 universal. I think everybody has issues with their their. Th- For example, with me and the iPhone and another. Okay, another gripe at Apple. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Um, so I have that. I'm all I for have, it. By the way, go ahead. <laughs> so I have a pretty new car. It's like a year old yes. Acura, and yes. um, it's uh. So it's got the Bluetooth thing, right? And yep. it's got interface for Bluetooth and a bunch of other things. It's even got a Pandora interface, which is t- terrible. But right. um, like, it just forces my phone to use Pandora, and I can't. E- it's like deactivates everything else on it, so I can't select any of the songs using the Pandora interface. <laughs> oh, so it automatically the- defaults to this thing with no other way of getting around it. You can kind of use the stupid uh, touchscreen on the car right. to to fu- you know forward through your playlists and find stuff, and it's just 
terrible. <laughs> uh, and you can't, you just can't go into another mode where it says, no, I don't want to use uh, Pandora. I'm going to use Pandora on my on my iPhone and then can just send it out Bluetooth. It just doesn't allow you to do that. <laughs> it's really weird. Anyway, I digress. So, but for some reason, with 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 the iPhone, I like to listen to podcasts mostly. I don't use the music app m- much. For some reason, the iPhone insists randomly to just start playing stuff from my music playlist. Yes, same thing with same thing with me, and I yeah. can't stand it. I cannot <laughs> stand, it. and it doesn't play it in any particular order that no. you think it would. No, it just it's says, just, "Oh, okay, I'm going to choose track eight. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I actually have. It's annoyed me so much that I've actually researched it, and apparently, tons of people have the same issue. Um, Do we have a fix? That's all I care about. There were people that proposed removing all the music from your iPhone <laughs> uh, or to play a song all the way to the end uh, of a playlist and that was it. Like, so it wouldn't go on to the next one. Because um, usually I just wind up, you know, stopping it in the middle and converting it over on the iPhone to what I want. Right. Uh, but um, I, I've kind of tried those things and it still doesn't work that well. Still random, and I just gave up on the the makeshift solutions. So I don't I, know what I'm it's glad. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the reasons why I won't use the iPhone <laughs> because it just plays it. It just plays it just so randomly. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's crazy. Yeah, there's some. I think the iPhone just says, "Oh, I'm connected to Bluetooth. I think I'm going to do something. I'm going to give you something. I know you want something, so I'm just going to give you something." Right. That, <laughs> and it doesn't. That's correct. And, and it it's not the one that you want. It'd no. be okay if it were the one if it could read my mind. Yeah. Or just play what you had playing last. Like, yeah. If you were just whatever's connected to the audio when you just unplugged it from Bluetooth, just do that. Just right. continue on with that. Don't decide that I want to play some random music. Right. So I don't I don't know what what's going on. It just seems like there's some things with the iPhone and iOS they're just screwed up. Yeah. You know, like 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 the uh like that, like the the uh the podcast app. Now I have in my and it always comes to this window whenever I bring up the podcast. It's just a list of random podcasts that are not even subscribed. <laughs> it's just like 3000 podcasts in a row all randomly listed. And I have to click on something specific like my podcasts or specific things in the lower interface, part of the interface, to get something I want. <laughs> it's like, what are these people doing? I mean, they make some fantastic stuff. They have, like, brilliant... I know they have brilliant people. Yes. They can't get this simple, you know, music playing thing right. working. <laughs> you're, 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 you're absolutely correct. It, it, yeah. It's really, really true. I mean, like, you know... Why, you know, you connect it to blue, and then that's the thing too, right? All you want to do is connect it just so maybe you can get a charge. Right. But then all of a sudden, it cuts out the multimedia in the car (laughs) because it's looking for, you know, my version of happy birthday that I happen (laughs) to have as a sound file on the iPhone. It's crazy. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Cook will be appearing on our <laughs> podcast shortly. So, uh, no, uh, I should probably see if I can get him. Yeah, what do, you, what do I, you think? Oh, I think that would be great. We could talk about all this stuff. That'd be fantastic. You and of course, your- I'll be there. You know, it's really great how it interfaces with Bluetooth so spectacularly. Because <laughs> I'm such a chicken. We'll be like drooling and yeah, oh, mouths dropped. Oh, you know, like you and iOS nine, we're married together. We just love it. We have so, no complaints. But there are a couple things, 
so I'll, I'll, there are a lot of really good things though about this too. Like one of the things that I love about the car um, phone interface is you can talk to the car, or at least my car. You probably yours probably does this too. The car has a microphone. Yeah, correct. And so you can you can use that as your speakerphone. Yeah, correct. And then you can use the speakers from the car as the as the yep. output. So you oh, can yeah. really hear. This was an issue that I had in the past before the cool you know interfaces came out with Bluetooth. Was you couldn't? It was really hard to get the people's voices on the other line to come out of the speakers. Yeah, right. You, Correct. You, yes. Yeah, to use some kind of special box, like had its own speaker or something yep. like that. Correct. So now it's all. I mean, it took them ten years to get to that point, but then now it actually works. Yeah, and actually, the microphones built into the cars are a lot better too, right? Yeah. Have you, have you noticed that people who you are calling via Bluetooth in the mm. car, yeah, seem to not complain as much as they used to when when it was first introduced. Yeah, they they're all yeah, they're all not complaining. The only person that complains is my dad. Yeah. Who <laughs> Mine just too. says, "You sound kind of far away." <laughs> right. Exactly. Mine <laughs> what's, too. What's going on? I can't hear you. I got to hang up now. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. And he's, and he's actually speaking through his his speakerphone. He's not even holding it up to his head. He's <laughs> always got it in the speakerphone mode, so <laughs> He's that way with everybody. Oh, I kind of love that. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But um, l- let's uh, touch on one more Apple product, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we'll move on to, to other neat things. And that is uh, the Apple TV announcement that, mm. uh, that they just made. And I believe that this is Apple TV version 4, if I'm mm. correct. Uh, wait, let me do my quick calculation. Apple One, which I have flat silver box. Uh, <laughs> Apple Two was the black cube, which I also have. Apple mm-hmm. Three was 1080p. Right, and then I have now, two of those. And then Apple Four now is this new grand, grandiose thing that they just announced. Yeah, bigger, more expensive. Bigger, more expensive, but what? Two hundred bucks, I think. I think it's a hundred ninety nine. I think. Uh, uh, is it that? I thought it was a little less. I think it's. Uh, Let me see. Take a it's look. A, it's a starting at one forty nine. Oh, starting at one forty nine. Okay, yeah. so that means the plug and uh, and 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 that's about it. <laughs> uh okay so 149 that uh, you know not too it it looks great i love the control the remote control the siri controller right, right. i that's, love that's, that i think it looks great that's pretty cool yeah i think it looks very very neat uh i think it could be uh very exciting your thoughts you 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 have the 1080p uh, yeah Apple i have TV? a couple of yeah, yeah i have a couple of them i mean they're like no-brainers right. especially if you're at apple have an apple ecosystem right um yeah, I I mean I like my I don't really find that the ten the ones I have are lacking. Right. Like I, I never find them to be slow or bad quality video or hard to use. I mean the hardest thing to use with the Apple TVs is the fact they have so few controls. Like you can just click menu and play and that's pretty much it. There's not a lot of stuff on their remote. You know, there's which There's is what one. I kind of like about the thing, right? It's you, really cool because you, you really can't do too much except what you want it to do, which is play essentially files or yeah. or, or stations that you want. That's yeah. really all you can do, which is great. It is great. It's just when you're kind of deep into some one of the apps, like uh, like say you're deep into Netflix, right? If you want to suddenly get out of Netflix or even go back to some point in it, it, it you have to go back a lot. Yeah, so that's it'll true. be nice. Like like the I have a Roku 
couple Rokus as well. Mm-hmm. It does have a little home button. So if you just want to quickly jump out of where you are, you can just hit that. Right. Um, so there's good and bad. I mean, because I think the thing about Apple is they wanted to make a simple so that anybody who uses it can use it and operate it well and not get lost. Right. And that part's really cool. Um, other than that, I'm not sure. I guess it's got a faster processor, so it's going to have more abilities later to play games or whatever. Right. So that part's good. It's a little bit bigger, which I don't care if it's bigger or smaller. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to get one just to try it and have the best technology because it's not that expensive. But as far as it being something that I like, I feel like something's lacking, not so much. Yeah. I I actually uh, have, uh, like I mentioned before, uh, Apple TV One. Right. Which I've hacked. And, and, you, uh, and you actually still use that. I still use it. It works great. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah. It, it, Is that the one that's less than uh, SD quality? <laughs> uh it, it actually is 720p so it's oh, okay. 10, 1080i 720p which okay. same, same thing with apple 2 right the the reason why i love the apple tv one is because that's the only thing like that that had uh component videos out oh right and you had to have that and i had yeah. to have that so right. so it, so it's it's still worth its weight in gold for me and uh, so you know, I I I love that, um, and it still works. It works. It works pretty well. It doesn't work as well as my Apple TV too, uh, especially when it comes to AirPlay, uh, yeah. which AirPlay is a terrific thing that works great. Yeah, uh, it's so convenient to just play something on the TV from your phone. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it, at the touch of, and it works really, really well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's actually pretty amazingly quick and high quality. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and they look although, great. Although I've noticed, um, I don't know if you've ever... Have you tried AirPlay from a regular computer and not an iOS device? I have tried it from my computer, and that worked out well, too. Because I, what I found... But it's lame that, to run back and forth, though. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I don't like. Well, a couple times I've actually just tried to play something that was playing on my, my uh, computer through AirPlay, and it's kind of choppy. Um, uh, and did you sure load why. it through iTunes? Um, this would just be video. Like say a video that I was playing on, like a YouTube video or something that I was playing on my computer. Okay. And I just want to put it on the big screen. Right. Through the Apple. So on the iOS device, it's really nice and smooth and like like playing it through the Apple TV directly. But for somehow some reason, the AirPlay playing from computers is not that fast, and I'm not sure why. Yeah. I haven't done it. It's not. I haven't. I do it very infrequently. Yes. Where it's an issue, so I haven't really researched it. But I just. Initially, it's just choppy. See, for me, if I do that, I'll just do it off my mobile device, right? And, and that work, that seems to work very, very well. But you, from the from the machine, it, something's kind of weird about that. Yeah, I don't know what. Maybe it's the the version. Maybe the very newest like version ten. I don't think so. I don't think iOS ten ten even it's even smooth on there. So that was just my one issue about that AirPlay technology. It works better on iOS for some reason. Yes. Than 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 Apple. Yeah. OS ten. I, I I think you're right. I mean, everything that I've done from from the machine has all. I've always had to import it into iTunes and then get it from there, and then it works pretty well. Yeah, but uh, but that's a pain in the butt. Yeah, that's almost not worth doing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then the other other thing about the Apple TV is it's really cool for Netflix and any of the apps like HBO Go. Right. Um. It's really, but but you can't do some things with it. Like you can't play you can't play Amazon Prime on it. Um, I, obviously, because they're competing, I think they just don't want right. each other. 
Right. Like you can't play iTunes on Amazon uh, Box either, probably. They're Amazon Fire. Right. I don't know if that's true, but I suspect it's true. <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, there there were a lot of lockdowns as far as that stuff goes. You, you know, and that's why the Roku is so highly rated because th- they just play everything that's available. Yeah, I'm not sure if Roku will play iTunes, but it certainly will play right. Amazon. And, it won't. And, it won't do that. It won't do that. Right. Yeah. Correct. So if everyone, if I, I hardly ever use Amazon, but once in a while I will. And then I'll want to use my Roku for that. So that's that's one of the drawbacks of the Apple TV. Yeah. Because if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get a lot of content. And they have new series coming out. That's their own original stuff that you can only get it through them. Yeah. And they have also have different deals than Netflix. So occasionally you might want to use the Amazon. Right. And it would be cool if you could get the Apple TV to support Amazon. I'm not sure why they don't, you know? I, I think I think like you said, it's you know they're competing business. They don't want to play nice. Apple never wants to play nice with anybody, so uh, you know that's their thing. Yeah, but you can. Yeah, I guess so. But you can kind of like you have an Amazon app on a, on an iPhone. Yeah, you know, they're not they're not competing there. Right. True. Um, and True. or they're at least they're not locking out there. So yeah. I don't know. It would be nice if they were just a little bit more. You know, get the best box to yeah. play everything. And then, and, it, right, and and you know that's the thing with uh, with Apple too is that not everything plays off of AirPlay, or you can't you 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 can't watch everything through AirPlay because um, there's some kind of lock, some kind of yeah. copy protection uh-huh, or uh-huh. yeah DCI correct whatever DCMIA and whatever the whatever the supercalifragilistic. Speaking of that, actually, I have a little anecdote. Okay, this is might be helpful to people. So I have a TiVo. And you probably heard of TiVo, right? A couple of times, yes, I've heard of that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so of which again, I don't have, and I will wait another year for them to work out the bugs <laughs> before I buy one or rent one or whatever. I probably never will ever get one of those. Anyway, go on. So I think TiVo's claim to fame is that its interfaces looks better than the crappy Comcast interfaces or whatever. They've been Google at it so company. long. They've been at it so long. Yeah, and and. But the so there's good things and bad. So I actually have I bought a TiVo a while back because I wanted to use it as a DVR, an HD DVR, and it was one of the best ones out there. But here's a couple things, and I was doing the over-the-air recording. Um, but my 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 antenna reception is kind of iffy here. Right. So I, I wound up with a lot of recordings that were like they were okay, and then there's a glitch, and then it nothing worked after that because the atmosphere shifted or something. Right. So I just decided I'm just going to get cable because I'm getting tired of having all these incomplete shows. Right. So so in order for me to get cable with the TiVo, I actually had to get something called a cable card from Comcast. Ah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so you couldn't have, you didn't need wires and all this kind of stuff all over the place. Well, if I wanted to use the TiVo and get cable and, you know, and anything, any kind of cable, even the broadcast oh, like okay. free, free stuff, I still needed the cable card. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. All right. Got yeah. it. And it's just a way of decoding the cable, the Comcast cable stuff. So, and also to use their channel guides and I guess other stuff. And, but it costs money. You actually, it's not like a free thing. It's kind of like, almost like the same price as getting a DVR from Comcast. So I had to pay for this card and kind of rent the card and also, and also for your service too. Yeah. And pay my TiVo service. And it's like $15 a month for the TiVo service. Wow. So it actually winds up to be kind of, kind of expensive to, to use TiVo. No matter what you do, even though you get a great, a pretty good interface, you know they they kind of predict what shows you want. And they set up channels and things like that. Right. Um, 
So I think for really avid TV record people that like to DVR their stuff, yeah. So I'm actually kind of anyway. So, but the one the big thing that I went into recently was I have a projector and then I also have a TV, and I don't watch them both at the same time. They're in the same room, but the projector screen is huge and it covers the TV screen. Right. So just for casual stuff, I might watch the little 55 inch TV. Sure. And then for you know movies, I'll drop down the thing and use the projector. And so I have this receiver, this AV receiver. Denon, it's actually really nice, and it has two HDMI outputs for two different kind of zones in the house. Right. If I have, if I have my TiVo hooked up to my my uh, AV receiver, and then I have both of the HDMI plugs, cables plugged in, one to the projector and one to the TV. Even though I have the projector off, the TiVo will not work. It thinks I'm illegally splitting the HDMI signal. Uh, even though even though your TiVo is going into an AV receiver that is simply switching between one and two. Correct. Um, oh. And say, so, okay, well, maybe I can kind of fool this system. Maybe I'm going to use component cables and just plug my HDMI in and use it only for the projector and then use the component HD cables for my TV. It still doesn't work. And when it senses that there are two things plugged in, the TVO says, sorry, can't do it. Right. Your provider doesn't allow this. Right, right. So the only thing I, th- I'm, I think is possible, because it doesn't have cop- that copy protection that's embedded on HDMI, is to just take the component output and split those and have the component output going split from to my projector and to my TV. Have you done I'm, that yet? Yeah, I haven't done it yet. I'm pretty sure it's going to work because right. I really can't see how the TV, I mean, the TiVo could tell if I'd split the signal or not. It's an analog signal. Yeah. It's not digital. Right. Exactly. Um, so I don't think it can tell. And that's the, and actually I'm, I'm actually want to split it to go to my bedroom too because I had done that in the past. And what's funny is that I, I didn't used to have um, HDMI on this. TV. I used to have component and it worked perfectly. I had it split to my bedroom and to a TV and everything. And, and then when I switched over to use this fancy new receiver to HDMI, thinking I would get better quality. Right. Because it's, it's, it's digital. And you can't tell the difference. And I, well, I don't think you can. The thing about TV is it's 10, 1080p anyway. I mean, right. 1080i anyway. 1080i, right. Yeah. So it doesn't, it's not, you're not getting that progressive 1080p that you get from, you know, movies and Blu rays and stuff. Um, so it's not, and component only supports up to 1080 uh, 60i, mm. so it's not going to go uh, p. But you're not you're not going to get that out of the TV any out of the cable broadcast anyway. Right. It, it's maximum is 1080i. They just don't spit out 1080p. Right. So I'm thinking it's not going to matter. So. Oh good. Yeah. 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 Wow. That was actually that was actually just um, Comcast and TiVo calling me for. <laughs> Like Hear that, or it was Tim, Tim Cook uh, uh, <laughs> responding to our uh, request for interview? <laughs> well, that, that, that's uh, that's excellent. Anyway, that's, let's get back. Sorry to to circle no. this. I just want to add a little interesting technical, you know, no, copy it, protection it, hurdle. It, no, it's. It, 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 I mean, we we just like the car audio thing. I mean, there's so many different things. That that go into you know AV like yeah. you know like remember myself and and I won't go into this right now but uh, remember I have that huge projection TV from like the 1950s yeah. right and it only does uh, component it only does component 
Yeah. And and only one high quote unquote high quality component at that. It only does seven twenty uh, uh, P on oh, it. Okay. So there, and there's only one jack. So you should see my setup. I mean, my <laughs> setup has a has I have a split a uh, external box splitter that outputs to the one component that goes into my TV, and I got like five things going into this splitter. <laughs> That are either HDMI component or combination of the two. <laughs> is, 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 uh, if if you if I needed to move right now, I would have to take the biggest diagram ever. <laughs> I'd have to use Visio in order to diagram this thing because I wouldn't know how to plug it back in. It's just there's just so much stuff to it. It's incredible. I've you know I've got this switcher. I've got a converter. I got all this stuff. But hey, you know what? It works. So uh, yeah. So you know you get it to work. Try not to breathe on it too hard, and then uh, and then go about your day. Oh yeah, I know. I. I- I recently got rid of my plasma. I think I told you the ten-year-old plasma. No, you didn't super- tell me that. Really, you did. Well, actually, like six, uh, like about six months ago, it stopped working. Like oh, some part, part of it just. I remember. It, yeah, and so, and it's like 150 pounds. Yeah, not not like today's stuff, right? Not no. like today's stuff, right? Today's stuff is like maybe for a large one, maybe 50, maybe yeah. 40, right? So it's kind of amazing how 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 thin and portable stuff is now. Yeah. But yeah, when I took that apart, because that was a combination of component and video, regular S video, and and I uh, had a HDMI as well. I had to get a special like interface card for that. Yeah, just after after I kind of slimmed it down and went to the HDMI only setup, it was just so. It, it, I had about a whole box of cables and adapters and converters <laughs> right. that I didn't need anymore. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's exactly right. But then you look at that stuff and you say, you know, I can't really get rid of it because no. it cost a fortune to collect all this stuff. So, Oh, yeah. That stuff's in the garage. And actually, I'm pulling it out again to do this component splitting thing that I'm going to do. <laughs> so it all, it's all coming in handy. It's, it's, it's all going to come in handy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the, uh, the thing about your component splitter, so it's probably a box that you, you bought and it's probably not that cheap, right? It was about fifty bucks. Yeah. So I, I got I actually was at this is when um remember Circuit City? They went out of business like five or seven years ago or something. Loved Circuit City when they were popular, yes. Yeah. So they had a, a like a closing, like going out of business sale. Sure. So uh, I found a couple things actually at Circuit City. I got some speaker stands. Oh nice. Okay. And and for bookshelf um, for bookshelf size speakers. Yeah, yeah. I actually use them for my I have some pretty nice monitor speakers that I use in front of my computer, but I'm ele- I've elevated them. Yeah. So okay. they're kind of nice and I use that for mix downs and stuff on sure. my videos. But sure. um so that was cool and then I got this I didn't know if I could would ever use it. I thought maybe it was one of those really nice audio odyssey uh component video and audio splitters. Oh and yeah. It's like right. yeah, and it's like a 2 in Yeah. It's really huge. It's like two in five, five or seven out or something like that. Right. So it's split, and I'm, I, I have never ever actually used it. <laughs> so I'm praying that it was actually, it's actually working. So I'm going to use this to use as the splitter. <laughs> for, for the- I, you know, those things work because uh, you know the thing that I really have is, is this is this component switcher. Uh-huh. It has three inputs and one component output. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect for me. So I, you know, I I plug in there my my satellite receiver. I got my Apple TV, and then I have my Blu-ray player. Um, but so you say Blu-ray player, but they only HDMI. So I had to buy this other thing <laughs> that 
I don't even think they make it anymore because I think there was a copyright issue. But, <laughs> but, but, but I have one, and it's great. It's, it's by a company called View HD, and I don't even know. The, I think Amazon. That, that's where I bought it from. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but it's this thing where you plug in up to two HDMI inputs, and it converts it to component. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that's totally illegal now. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it totally is. Uh, uh, but it worked. It works fantastic, and um, you know. So for me, I you know, I I just I just can't get rid of that darn thing. It, it works so good. So uh, well, speaking. Okay, so we actually talked about this before the show, and you mentioned it. And should we talk about it? So yeah. speaking of copy protection stuff. Do you want to talk about the Cedia thing that you encountered? Yes. We encountered? Yes. Okay. So, uh, you know, Keith and I, we have, uh, uh, you know, we like watching uh, a, a lot of various uh, audiovisual uh, medium out there. And, uh, you know, and we purchase, uh, you know, all this stuff. But sometimes uh, you want to back it up. And, uh, you know, Keith and I are big believers of, of backing up. Uh, our media and so we back up our discs uh, that we have uh, and discs whether it be DVDs or Blu-rays or audio or whatever it is but we back them up so it's easy to get to if we want to use it on our portable players or what have you okay so anyway there's this new fantastic thing that's out there it's a new copy protection and it's called Cydia or is it Cydia or Cinevia Hang on. Cinevia? Cinevia. Let me... Yeah. Cinevia? C-I-N-A-V-I-A. Cinevia. C-I-N-E or A? A. Okay. C-I-N-A-V-I-A. Okay, yeah. Cinevia. Cinevia. Correct. Got it. I'm looking it up on Wikipedia. Right. And essentially what it is, they they call it a watermark. And I don't know how it's a watermark, at least from the way that I, you know, watermarks are usually those things where they brand like a company name at the bottom left or right hand corner of a video to say, hey, this is, you know, made by this guy or whatever it is, or, you know, this is only for use with the Academy or what have you. (laughs) But this watermark, quote unquote, thing that they use after is okay. So let let me back up again. We make a backup of let's say a movie that we own nonetheless ladies and gentlemen that we own okay Mm -hmm. we make a backup of this onto our hard drive and so that we can watch it on in my instance a ps3 okay Mm -hmm. so i take that that backed up file that i have uh and play it on my ps3 whether it be off of a flash card or off my network or something like that and after 40 minutes cinevia kicks in and it drops out all audio and right. then and then what and then a message comes up a little message comes up saying uh-huh. don't adjust anything because we're doing this to you we're not rendering any kind of audio for you to listen to uh no way getting around this so it, it's their copy protection and it's quite yeah. a great one at that yeah. and this one is it's actually pretty new right it's it's because i think it's last we used, we used year make, or two yeah we used to make backups of our blu-rays and we didn't experience this before some re- pretty recent date. That's I right. Think mine, I think experienced mine like a year and a half ago. Yes, maybe. I think that that is correct. Yeah. And 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 the thing about it is that no matter 
like what it, it, like in 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 Keith's instance, I, I think you t- you shared with me that you reburned a uh, a Blu-ray disc, right? So like right. you 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 uh, I basically made a copy of a Blu-ray disc onto a rewritable Blu-ray, and it still kicked in. Yes, it's yeah, because that was like a one for one copy, right? Yeah. So uh, so you know, uh, ha- having done this. We've been looking at ways on how how to not have this happen without pulling out the original discs and playing that. I mean, you know, that's no problem to do, ladies and gentlemen. But why can't I do this? This is, you know, this is my copy that that I that that I burned uh, uh, that I bought, and and I can't burn a, a, another copy for myself uh, to to use as kind of like my throw. You know, oftentimes I'm pretty careless with my discs, as I'm sure most of us are. You know, uh, if I can, I'll just toss it around like a frisbee and put it in the, you know, put it in a shelf somewhere and watch it later. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but this copy protection is pretty darn good. I have to say, it's very, very good yeah. this, uh, and very effective. And, and there does not seem to be a great fix for it. So, uh, but Keith has a terrific fix, actually. So. Keith, why don't you share with us your brilliant idea, and then I'll show you my brilliant idea after that. Well, there's a couple of ways that I got around it. Um, initially, the way I got around it was I was able to just um, make a copy of that ISO file and then play it through a media player. I have a couple of different media players that play ISOs. Um, but the other kind of permanent solution is to just get an older Blu-ray player that doesn't have Cinevia on it. <laughs> Right. So at some point, um, the Blu-ray manufacturers uh, started put cine- starting started to put Cinevia on. Uh, I think like a year and a half, two years ago. So if you get a a little bit older one, um, you will not experience this. Yeah, you know, um, I'm not really pleased with that type <laughs> of solution, but yeah. uh, but it is because I had a couple older Blu-ray players that didn't have this for sure. Um, but the one I wanted for my um, living room, I wanted an HDMI output. So that's the one, the living room one with a big projector. And so I wanted to get a fairly new one, but not so new that it had this thing that I had to worry about it. So I actually got um, a Panasonic Blu-ray player. I can even tell you the name. It's actually, it seems like a pretty good one. Let me just look it up on Amazon. Uh, I'm going to look at my, my purchase list here. Um... We can cut this out. It's taking a second here. Yeah, you know the. the okay, it was the um, Panasonic DMP BDT two ten integrated Wi Fi three D Blu Ray player. Yeah, I wanted a three D uh, Panasonic as well, so that's why I got this. Oh, really? You wanted yeah. a three D player? Yeah, because my projector's three D and occasionally oh, watch three okay. D movies. So. Okay. Yeah. What, what's that model number? Panasonic what? Pan- Panasonic DMP BDT two ten. And actually, that particular one is fifty seven bucks. It's it's used. well, if you buy it used, I think I got it refurbished. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I still got it. I don't think I got it directly from Amazon. I just got it from some third party. But yeah. it was fine. Nice. 
Yeah. That might be the way to go. That might be the way because I'll tell you my <laughs> and, and 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 this really I, I think it only works with PS3 users. I'm not sure if it'll work with 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 other DVD players or I don't even know how you'd be able to do it. But nonetheless, with PS3 when Cinevia uh, uh pops up, you got to pause your video, go back out of the player and get to the system settings of the PS3, go to your time and date settings, and advance the year of which you are in currently. <laughs> advance the year. That is correct. So that means we're recording this podcast right now in 2015. If I were to go to my PS3 player right now, it would tell me that I'm like in the year 2020 right now. Or two thousand, you know, or twenty one oh eight is is what it would tell me, uh, because every uh, Cinevia pops up every forty minutes. Every forty uh-huh. minutes it comes on, uh-huh. and so after forty so, minutes, so let me t- let me say you're watching the movie, yep. and then in forty minutes there's some kind of really important part, very climactic scene, right? And all of a sudden the sound drops out, and you see the Cinevia Cinevia logo or message watermark they call it watermark watermark and then okay and then you stop you pause the player at correct that point. correct you go into the settings yep so you like you go into the menu system and you set it to 2008 or no 2000 whatever, whatever like right now <laughs> I'll, I'll do it to 2016 okay 2016 and then okay. and then save that go save back that. go back go to the back, movie and it's still paused in that it's still paused at that so point you, re- you rewind it a little bit correct to where before the sound went out right okay. and then and sound then comes the sound comes back uh-huh. on and the cinevia wa- watermark goes away yeah. for, for, an- your- for another 40 minutes and are you watching this movie with your wife at this point? You are correct. And, and, <laughs> and how and does she respond to this? She, pretty much like with every electronic <laughs> item that I have, which is, this is really hokey. Because, you know, n- none of my crap ever works. None of this stuff It's always ever, like a big technical issue yeah, every time no, you do anything. And, yeah. and, and you know what's so funny? This is so great. And this is what I love about my wife, right? Is because she is so the opposite of us. Like, all she thinks that should happen is she should think that a movie should come on right now. And that's how she wants it to be. I don't want to press no buttons. I don't want to press the the triangle pointing to the right. I don't want to do that. I just want to be able to, to, to think of a movie that I want to see and have it magically come on the TV screen. I don't have to press input here, digital output this way. Uh, what what in, what input on the uh, on the TV is it? Too many things. Too many things. Hey, I appreciate that. And you know what? That's the problem with us now. So many different points of input and output. Oh, yeah. Something's got to go wrong. And yeah. and, and you know all these things. Uh, it's so funny because like I, this is what I worry about most. Uh, leaving my wife like in death or something like that. <laughs> my poor wife won't have anything to watch for the rest of her life because she won't know how to turn on the TV. She won't know how to do it. She won't. She will well, how not about this, know how to actually, do it. Rodney, if you have an issue like this, yes. you know, if, if some for some reason you pass away quickly, right. yes, you can tell her to just give me a call and I'll go over and start at your tech tech issues yes that that, that would be good but you know trying to get you over to any place will probably be another year or two in in itself so that that's actually no good to me 
but <laughs> but I appreciate the the offer. That's very kind of you. Um, but we both know that will never happen. Uh, uh, but yeah, so so you know, uh, poor thing will. <laughs> I can just imagine. I imagine it all, like constantly. I'm dead. I, I'm dead and buried. I see my wife reading books. <laughs> What kind of life is that? To read books for crying books. out loud? All Who, these dust, dusty remote controls. Oh my gosh! Around. Who do, you know the 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 acid from the batteries running out of the case, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and and all she's doing reading books. Who reads books around here? We don't need to read books. Well, I think you need to resolve this issue uh, just to keep that that reading habit from forming. Right. <laughs> Exactly. And I'll be making an appearance at my local library to talk about uh, about the uh, fantastic uh, uh, specials they're having. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually very um, impressed with your workaround. Oh, you... Uh, one of these days, you should come and see it, actually, because... It actually, Oops, CD is coming up. Right, exactly. Let's pause it. Can't pause remember it. where we were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 it works good, but it's so hokey, though. You know, and that's the thing, too, right? And, and you know this. You know, you, you, you've got the screen that takes up the entire west wing of the house, right? <laughs> uh, and, then, and then behind that screen, under its motorized motor, you've got the 55-inch and stuff like that just for casual watching. That's <laughs> right. all great. But then, you know, the lamest thing is that when you have guests over and then the stupid city thing comes on. <laughs> That's very embarrassing. Right? And, and then they say, and then all they could think, they don't remember the thousand foot screen that you got or that it's, you know, 1080p or 4K. Or, all they know is this audio didn't work right at the best part. That's all they walk away with. I hate this technology stuff. It's got to be simpler. Oh my it's gotta gracious! Be simpler. Whoever's going to fin out, uh, f- figure out the Cinevia thing is is going to be a genius. That that ranks right up there with uh with the polio vaccine. I think. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how much longer Blu-rays are going to be around at this rate, though. Yeah, that's true. You know, they're. I mean, they, they probably will be, but I just I see people don't want to just bother bother with them but no. you know what i'll tell you that. every time i go to the grocery store there's always somebody standing in front of the red box oh that's true that's right true. i mean there's yeah. always somebody doing that yeah and hey i'm one of the biggest proponents for wanting to uh uh to cut the cord yeah uh i you know just haven't done it yet but but i i would love to yeah i, I, would, I would love to do that yeah i'm just thinking like like a few times recently, we've wanted to watch a movie, so I just go to iTunes, start downing, downloading the movie. It's yeah. like on demand. Yeah, we can find all the newest stuff, even stuff that's not even out on Blu-ray anymore. And it's like maybe five dollars. Yep, and you just have to watch it in two days. And it's like, yeah, it's five bucks, and the and to go to Redbox is what a dollar or two. And and but then you have to drive there and drive back and remember right. to return your DVD and. Several times, you know, we've rented a DVD through Redbox and then forgotten it, you know, for like a week to return it. And by then you've bought the DVD. Correct. You are correct. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's just so much simpler to just see what you want, pick it, and then start downloading and pay that five bucks. Yeah. By the, by the time, I mean, it's actually in a way cost effective. Yeah. Because by the time, you know, you've done all this extra stuff to get a Blu-ray, you've actually invested quite a bit of time. I mean, I still like the quality. I think the quality of Blu-rays, and and sometimes you get special features on them, whether yes. that's actually less and less now, right. um, is way better than the online stuff. But for the layperson, 
like not us it's it's right. it's kind of hard to tell yeah and, and, and you know what you're you're it's funny you bring that up about the 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 special features and extras and stuff like that you know for blu-ray and how much it stores on the you know the 25 gigs it stores on a disc well then what the heck are you putting on there there's nothing on there <laughs> right there's really? not there, there's nothing on there yeah you know yeah, the the discs are well the discs actually can go to 50 because oh, they're, right they're for du- dual layer right yeah and yeah. most of them and sometimes they're a little over 25 so they will use some of the dual layer but i'm finding a lot of the discs don't have don't even have special features unless you buy their special bonus right. package <laughs> thing anymore <laughs> anyway. don't get me started on that well, that'll that'll be another thing so uh, i think we've we've gone through all the copy protection uh workarounds we talked yes. about it yes not that uh-huh. uh, well. Oh, actually, I, I do. Okay, so we can kind of transition a little bit into the copy protection thing. It's kind of related to that. Okay. Um, we talked about the. Oh, well, we talked about the Apple TV. Okay, that's cool. We like it. Keith's gonna get. I'm probably gonna get one. I will not. You probably won't. But it's eh. It's it. The the remote's cool. I love the remote. I think I think that uh uh the 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 only thing that I don't like about that uh. I, it doesn't. Does it come? Wait, does it come with the Apple TV, or do you have to buy that separate? Um, I was just on the Apple page, and I didn't. I think it comes with it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think you can't even func. It can't function without it. Because I thought I saw that it had a separate price on it. Really? Yeah. I I I I, I might be wrong. Oh, you could be. You could be correct. How do I find out? It just. It doesn't even tell me how to buy it. How to buy this thing? Because it's, well, not, even it's out. not. Because it's not. Uh, not even out yet. Yeah, it's not even out yet. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't know where you saw that it was separate. I kind of because like uh, watching the keynote. I, oh, okay. I, I, I thought that they had a separate price for the for the uh, uh, for the remote. Oh, which would possible. which would be totally lame. But yeah, but they probably do that. They're doing that. Yeah, you have to get the old crappy remote. But if you want Siri, right? Like if you want to, and this this will be great for your wife because you can just say. Siri, I'd like to watch this, and then it comes up. Right. Oh, see, and here, here's why I think here's why I think that it's separate is because uh-huh. then why would they say starting at one forty nine? What else are you going to buy with the thing? Maybe there's a memory difference between different models. It doesn't have. It, I don't think it has any memory in it. Uh, I does think it, it does has, it have a hard drive. I mean, because the ATV Apple TV one is the only one with a hard drive that ever had that it ever had. I don't know. I don't think these new ones have a hard drive. I don't think they're well, because I don't think they're interested in you storing anything. Frankly, you could be right. Um, I'm looking. Okay, now I'm looking at the learn more. The price is starting at one forty nine. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's it. It doesn't really say, and it it always has the remote in the picture. Right. It doesn't say it's separate. So. Uh, well, hey, f- you know what? You're right. I'm I, and I'm wrong. They have a 32 gigger and a 64 gigger. Oh, okay. So yeah. 32 is 149, 64 is 199. And that may have to do with storing games on it that are large. Yes, yes. I believe that's correct. I believe okay. that is correct. I didn't even find whatever you. Ah, uh, and you're you right. It's Apple TV and the Siri remote power cord, a lightning cable, and documentation that's in the box. So okay. And okay. Uh, I am on the uh, tech specs of the Apple TV. Uh, yeah. Window. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least we found out that amazing yeah, mystery. <laughs> right. I don't know what I'm going to use the extra memory for. What it gets me. That's the thing. So. R- right. I mean, like uh, my Apple TV one has the 40 gig hard drive built into it. 
Mm-hmm. I don't have one thing stored on there except for like, you know, whatever hacked apps that, yeah. you know, like uh, Boxy and XBMC and stuff like that that I have right. on there. Right. So. Okay. Well, we we covered that. So Excellent. As soon as it comes out, I'm getting one. Just Good. Like the, and you'll, like you'll the, give us a report. Yeah. I'm not going to get the watch yet, but probably get the iPhone and the Apple TV. Good. So speaking of workarounds and hacks... Um, we can t- kind of go into the the camera cinematography portion of the podcast now that we've gone through the geeky uh, home AV. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, let's do this. Let's yeah. do this first. Let's take a quick break. Okay. Uh, and uh, let's reset uh, the memory here, and okay. uh, we will come back and talk more about what tech move is really all about and that is digital (laughs) filmmaking and uh digital cinema and all that kind of good stuff we'll come right back with that keith moreau rod lou right here on tech move All right, we have uh, we've reset, right, Keith? We've reset. Are you ready? Are, yeah, are you I rearranged ready? stuff on my desk. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Okay, uh, let's talk about my favorite subject: mm. Panasonic and the Panasonic. G and the G ser- GH series. The GH series. Yep, and uh, let's talk about my. Um, which I'm still really, really wavering about, frankly. Like, do I want to spend that money? And there's so many things. But boy, there are some things that are making compelling, compelling stories out there with Metabones and now all the different lenses that are out there that just make this GH4 just seem so darn attractive. I know I'm getting ahead because we wanted to talk about <laughs> something else about the GH4, but I thought I'd make it a little teaser. So <laughs> we're going to touch on that great stuff, but Keith is very excited about something that he discovered about the GH4, and I'd like him to share the good news. So we were in the last segment, we were talking about hacks, like to defeat some kind of copy protection thing. Um, that was bugging us. We're and, outlaws. <laughs> um, but uh, this is actually kind of sim- something similar. So GH4 Panasonic, a long time ago, released beta versions of this of this uh, profile for their GH4 cameras called uh, Vlog, and it's just a log format uh, way to record, uh, kind of in a flatter style, and allows you to have more dynamic range in your in your uh, videography. So, um, so everybody was really clamoring for this. I, I even talked about it with the Panasonic guy at NAB and that was like six months ago. So, or close to that. So, um, he said, yeah, it's going to come out soon. Well, they finally announced it, but when they announced it, they announced that it was actually, um, actually going to be a hundred dollars. Do you mean they're going to charge you for this? Yeah. There's not just a free upgrade. They, and I'm not sure what the reasoning is. I, th- my feeling is they don't necessarily need the money. They just want to filter out the people that aren't that serious about it because <laughs> they don't want all the the kids and stuff loading it on and then calling Panasonic and complaining about why it's why does it look so lousy? Oh, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Because it requires a lot of post production. Like, like you have, like when you call, record any kind of log format, right? You cannot give that. You cannot uh, give that to a client. You have to 
treat it with an anti-log, something that reverses the log to make it look better. Oh, so so you so for the layman, I I, yeah. I I'm not very familiar with this. Um, so what you actually want to do is record as flat as you possibly can, meaning colors, exposure, brightness, all this kind of stuff, and then and then add that later on in post production. Is that what you're trying to do? That's kind of what the log uh, profile will do. It'll just It'll make the the highlights less kind of less bright and the blacks less black and make everything look a little bit more gray. It, so there's almost it's almost like it's recording with less dynamic range. Isn't isn't there a very popular picture profile in GH4 called like CineD or something like that? Or yeah, am I wrong about that? Right, there's a CineD and a Cine V, I think. Okay. Uh, but uh, neither of them is really log. They're just uh, kind of more in that direction of log, but rather than a standard high contrast image. But they're still not log. Log log is a, even flatter okay. than that. Right. Yeah, and it's kind of like, I don't know, like in the old days, it's all about compressing a signal so that later you can expand it, and then you re- you reduce the noise at both ends and you increase the dynamic range. It's kind of like Dolby. Like, you remember the old cassettes? Sure. Like in the old cassette days. And sure. even... Even when I was head of recording studio, we had, we had uh, something called DBX. I don't even know if they're in business anymore. But it was basically a compressor. Oh, yeah, DBX. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, and, I, and I even built, like in the old days when they had kits for electronics and I was doing four-track recording with my old TX yeah. four-track. Right. I, I, On I, cassette, I, nonetheless. Well, no, actually, this was a reel-to-reel four-track oh, in, this, nice. in those days. Yeah. I never <laughs> even got to the four-track cassettes. You're right. But... but, but um, that you would, you would, I, so I build this thing, and it would compress the signal because the the tape would have hiss at the at the high end, and and kind of hiss at the low end. So if you recorded really low signals, um, you would it would be lost in the hiss. So it's kind of this kind of in a way the same thing. You're kind of compress in a way compressing the signal so that later you can expand it. Mm. So and when you do that, you actually get more dynamic range in video. You get um, much much brighter brights and much deeper blacks oh, and much and much more in between. yeah so that's kind of what a log format does um but but when you're just like when you're listening to the old now i'm, I'm not probably not talking to anybody in the audience because everybody's probably way too young to have listened to a, a cassette that was recorded with dolby but played back without it <laughs> but <laughs> but if you listen to it it would sound really bad <laughs> right um it would sound like it was really you know it's kind of like kind of like uh it would sound like uh just really hissy and yep and and bad and yep. and very low dynamic range very compressed but um anyway same thing if you looked at this log format uh just without processing it it would look kind of like gray black and almost black and white image and so you have to treat it you have to post process it with a curve that will make it go back to the way it was actually recorded it actually went into the into the sensor. So, um, long story short, Panasonic finally released this. It's a hundred bucks. They haven't quite released it yet because you can pre-order it. Um, but <laughs> somebody was playing around with the Panasonic um, iPhone app because there's a way to connect to your Panasonic GH4 with Wi-Fi. Oh, right, right, yeah. yeah. It, which I think is really neat because you're able to, uh, you're actually able to control a lot of stuff remotely v- uh, via that app, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. You can even focus and and adjust 
points and look at exposure. And I've used it, I don't use it that much when I'm recording, but I've used it occasionally to play around with it. Anyway, I was listening to some podcasts in the last week and a half, and they said, yeah, there's this hack. We don't recommend doing it, but you can try it. And we've tried it, and it works. It's basically, you don't get this... You don't get the, the, the ability on the camera, but if you go through the app, you can actually select it in the app on the phone and push it to the camera. Oh, really? Yeah. So the camera actually had the V-Log in it. It just wasn't activated. Oh. And, but the app actually had it as one of the menu listings to choose from. Oh. So, you, so you could go to this menu, choose it, and then send, it, send that choice to your, to your GH4, and then it would suddenly have V-Log. So people were doing this, like, you know, thousands of people were doing this. So I said, okay, I'm going to try it out because I want. I was going to buy the vlog, but I want to try it out first. Sure. So, because um, really, a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars for that, like, is not that big of a deal. Um, but I said, well, before it comes out, it's going to come out in a few weeks. I'm just going to try it. So I went to their site, downloaded all the newest firmware and stuff, and then went to my app. And lo and behold, I did not see that selection. I said, hmm. And then I read later that the very, very latest version of their firmware defeats that whole. <laughs> Really? So if I hadn't upgraded my phone, I probably, I mean, my my GH4, I probably would have been able to get the hack. <laughs> but I stupidly went and got the latest software where they already fixed the hole. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So I still don't have it. <laughs> oh, That's okay. So I, so now you'll have to buy the, you'll, you'll have to buy it now. I actually just, I put my order in a couple, when that happened, okay, well, I'm just going to order it. So I put my order in for a hundred bucks. Uh-huh. But I had to tell you that I actually, I actually purchased a second GH4. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side, Keith. I'm so proud of you. I'm Just, so proud of you. Yeah, and I was kind of thinking about it, and you can you might want to ask why did I get a second GH4? Hey, Keith, <laughs> why in the world would you buy another GH4? It's just for coverage. It's just because I do a lot of stuff like one man band stuff where I'm the only person right. recording. Because I have usually I have one. Usually my C100 is the is the kind of thing I'm focusing with and have on my person. And then I set, set up a couple other stationary cameras to just record other things. Wide, the wide version of what I'm doing and then maybe another view, another angle. Right. And I was kind of thinking about it. And I was like, think, I used to do this with a bunch of HD camcorders. You know, and every camcorder you add to a scene or situation adds more complexity because then mm -hmm. you have to deal with the footage later and then, and then you have to reconcile the angles and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to think okay well these are hd cameras but if i have a 4k camera going and then i just have a wider view then i can cover more with less cover more with less and and then crop later if you want to and stuff e like that right ex exactly yeah. and and i was thinking i wonder how cheap a refurbished gh4 is oh this oh now you perked up my ears here <laughs> okay now you're talking my language there yeah, and of course now they're probably even cheaper. But I went on Amazon and I found a refurbished one that was a U.S. model, and I uh, it was twelve hundred twelve hundred dollars. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, and it's brand new, been in the box, everything. Um, and I even discussed it with the people that were selling it, and they it's got full full warranty and all that. So yeah, so so it was I, worth uh, it. Twelve hundred bucks was worth it. It was worth it because if I got a rig, I I spent you know for my last. HD camcorder, which um, was maybe my CX760, you know, the small kind of mm -hmm. pocket-sized ones. Yeah. Um, I paid like fifteen, sixteen hundred for that, right? And that's right. just an HD camcorder. Right. And this is a GH4. It can record just as long, but it's 4K, 100 megabits a second. Yep. Actually, probably more light sensitive. Yep. 
Um, you got lenses for it now. And I stuff already like have that. multiple lenses because I had a couple lenses for my old GH4, so I just can use one or the other. Yep. Um, yeah. So last, I actually got this about a week ago. I did a shoot, I think yesterday or the day before, and I set up the two GH4s like I planned. Worked out really well. I am really surprised and very happy that <laughs> I, I think I think this is this could be one of the longest times you've held one camera model <laughs> besides maybe your five D Mark II. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe because yeah. because yeah. I mean uh, you know we're almost going to GH four and a half uh, version pretty soon here. So well, there um, was a GH four. S or R or something. I think it's really just the GH4 with the log on it. Okay. And 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 I have a feeling that they're probably not going to w- release it this year. That's my feeling. But I'm well, not you positive. mean the, the 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 they're they're not going to release this V log to you? No, the GH5 or the whatever GH- the next okay. version. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. And also, would I get one or not? Probably. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, why would I get one? It would have to. Be, the only thing that it would probably need to be better at was light sensitivity. Yeah, which I'm not sure if they're going to get there or not. And, so. and, and you know, like we were about to talk about, you know, now with Metabones and some of these other lenses, do you think you really need that light sensitivity? Um, what's your been? Because you you actually have speed booster and uh, uh, and that kind of thing, and, and good fast prime lenses. Uh, how are they working with the GH4? I. They actually, I did, I did use some speed boosters and just regular fast lenses with a non-speed adapter mm-hmm. for the GH4, and uh, they work pretty well. There's, it's still not as, it only increases it by a stop. Right, but um, but in many ways, that's a big deal, though. It is, it is a, it, it can be a big but deal. But maybe not to you. Um, not enough for you to be that impressed. It's, it, it slightly helps, but then for the added bulk and everything, because you're you're adding the speed booster and then you have to put a full frame big heavy lens on it right it starts getting kind of much bigger than the the smaller micro four thirds lenses mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's a little bit of a trade-off so i've done it a few times but it's not something that i would immediately grab and and use i have to i have to get a little bit better at it and also i'd probably use primes um which would be like maybe 1.4 um f-stops it, to, to take advantage of that of that um speed booster stuff mm-hmm. you know okay. like i probably wouldn't put a zoom and a speed booster because okay. the zooms are at the very, at the very well. You were talking about a zoom, and maybe we should have mentioned this. Um, there's a zoom that you mentioned that you think is pretty good. It's the art. The it's the, the sigma. Sig- it's sigma a, art. It's a sigma art. It's a 18 to 35 millimeter with a 1.8. Yeah, a lot uh, of people really love that lens. They they love it. I mean, that's uh, you know a lot of people who have GH4s are pretty much swearing by the fact that that's their entire rig is a speed booster, the Sigma uh, Sigma 18 to 35 and uh and and that's it. And yeah. and they're they're saying nothing but great things about that combination. Yeah. That's prob- that might be something that I would be considering. Yeah. Maybe for one of the cameras. Yeah. Um so currently I have one of the Panasonic um uh, I think it's the what is it? The fourteen to thirty-five. You you ha- uh, I yeah. think they're f- is is it to thirty-five or fifty-five? I think it's thirty-five. Yeah, that's the pr- that nice one. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. That, that, which is uh, is is it a one point eight? I think it is, or is it? No, a I think 2. Well, it's actually it's actually twelve to thirty five, and it's a two point eight. Two point eight. So right, it's pretty which is fast. Great. Yeah, which it's is pretty fast. Well, yeah. and, and and specifically build, you got all auto control, which is nice. Right. Auto focus. Uh, auto focus. Big deal. Yeah. Uh, because with the Metabones, you can't do that, right? Everything's manual with that. Uh, I honestly don't think I've used the autofocusing capabilities on yeah. it. I, I, I should research that more on it. I've I, always I, just set it up with a fixed lens. Yeah, I, I kind of have a feeling. I don't, I don't think it'll do anything automatic, but I might yeah. be wrong about that. Well, I know that some of the um, adapters I have for the A7 and, and the FS series that I have will do mm-hmm. autofocusing. Not that great. But they will do electronic control and stuff like that. So I'm not sure. We should look into that. Let me uh, let me ask you a, uh, a a question here with regards to you purchasing your second GH4. Yes. Why not? And this is this is big news that kind of came while <laughs> while while we were on on hiatus. Uh, why not the A7S two? Uh, 4K built in, you know what ISO of 20 billion or something like that that they're claiming. Uh, uh, you 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 could be held hostage in a cave somewhere and still get good footage. Uh, why? Uh, it, but I also know there's a pretty hefty price tag to that uh, to that body as well. Your yeah. thoughts? My thoughts is. It seems like a pretty cool camera. The, the the one it's one claim to fame is that it's got built-in IS uh, over the A7S. Well, it's got two things. It's got the built-in IS and the IS by the the sensor itself has image stabilization on it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So if you got something like that art lens that you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, you, it which doesn't come with stabilization, which is kind of a drawback to it. Um, then you could just put it on this A7S2 and get the stabilization. Uh, the built-in 4K, I think jury's out on that. Um, I've heard some issues where if you record up to 20 minutes, it'll stop recording because it overheats. This is not on the A7S Mark II, but on the A7R Mark II. Okay. Um, the A7R Mark II apparently has really, really good internal 4K. It's actually in the Super 35 mode, a crop mm-hmm. mode. It's gotten mm-hmm. super amazing 4k like even and light sensitivity is almost as good as the a7s so it's like why wouldn't you get that one because then you get a you get a full frame really nice like 50 megapixel or 45 megapixel uh still camera yeah you know top of the line right plus you get 4k right well the drawback to that is at least in that camera is that it stops recording at 20 minutes because it overheats and i and i had i used to have a, a 7d mark ii right and that was an issue with that camera and it's annoying yeah, and it's really well, annoying. remember that used to be the problem with the original G, uh, Panasonic GH ones, right? Uh, oh, really? Okay. Oh, sure. We we there there used to well not of overheating, just an internal timer of not oh the time yeah, yeah the timer would just not work until you act it right. So so in the case of the A7, no matter which one you get, even if it didn't have this issue, it's going to stop at thirty minutes. So. These kind of and the thing is, I'm not probably going to be using the A7s as my primary camera, the one I'm holding and using, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for close-ups and things. I probably have that sitting somewhere, so I don't want to have to think about that camera. Right. And, and that was kind of my decision about the GH4. Is it actually will record for as long as you know? Like the other day, I did a two-hour recording straight on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Pre- press record, I just set it, it, forget it, and let yep. it go for yep. two I hours a, straight. Yep. I had a 120 
128 uh, gigabyte card in there and it just kept going how did uh, how did it look um it looks good it looks yeah. really good yeah. and 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 um that's the thing too with it, it seems like with the panasonic lenses they're really designed for that camera yeah so putting on the speed booster and all that stuff and this extra complications yeah maybe someday i'll do that and they, actually um metabones came up with a newer version of the speed boosters they're called ultras i think and this is to accommodate the 4k because they have a little lens in them all the speed boosters have a lens inside Oh, that, okay. Yeah, and it allows the full frame to kind of shrink down, the full frame image circle that's okay. coming from the full frame lens to shrink down and then hit the the smaller sensor mm-hmm. uh, properly. So the, the quality of that condensing lens is actually important. And the earlier speed boosters, the, and I can even tell this, uh, like the speed booster quality is not that great on 4K. It's okay. It's, a, it's a slightly soft. Apparently, these ultras, the lens is much better, and it's much clearer, sharper when it hits the sensor. I'm looking at it right now. You're right. There's there's the ultras, and uh, looks like it's only for Canon, uh, Canon lenses. It looks like yeah, which is fine. Which that's is okay for you. For right, me, that's right. all I have. Yeah, I mean, right. the only ones you'd really want to use are Canon or Nikon, probably. Right. So you're probably not going to get a Sony lens yeah. I mean, you could but there's no reason to right it's it's most people get canon lenses that's the best choice right um nikons are also another possible choice but anyway yeah so i probably get the ultra speed booster maybe something like this art that sounds like a good lens it's not that cheap though right it's like no it's it's like uh i gosh i i just had it up and i and i just lost it um, can let me look at Yeah, I mean it's about I mean for, for use a drop in the bucket, but uh, eight hundred and fifty bucks somewhere around there. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, drop in the bucket, no problem. So this is Sigma. Let me just look it up. Sigma Art, and what what is the range on that? Again? Eighteen to thirty-five. Okay. That's the one everyone's liking very much. Yeah, eight hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so 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 you think about that, right? The lens is eight hundred. The Speed Booster Ultra that you're talking about, I think, is about six fifty. Yeah. So you know, so with that, and then plus the the GH4 body, you know, I, you know, that's probably a seven S Mark II, right? That's probably yeah. That's about, probably about that. I think the A7 Mark II is about three. It might be less street mm-hmm. price, mm-hmm. but I think it's listed for three. Yeah. So maybe eventually I'll get one, but it's not for some reason right now. It's not super high on my list, but I'm going to look into it. The thing that's really cool about it is the image stabilization. Yeah. That like I like I personally wish that the Canons had that. Sure. You know, like sure. the Canon C series had that. Sure. That would just make it because then you could use any lens you wanted. It didn't, would have to have the built-in image stabilization because without image stabilization, handheld holding, it doesn't look very good. It's impossible, right? To, it's to it really just yeah. It's a little bit too too shaky. Too, too shaky. Yeah. yeah, the shakes are really apparent, right? Particularly when you're going at 4K, and if you're doing any thinking about doing any kind of cropping with a 4K to to HD, yeah, the shakes are going to be even more prevalent so that's why a lot of these folks are probably using tripods 
you know, you, you just set it on the tripod, like you, right? Set it on a tripod and just let it go for two hours and yep. stuff like that. Yep, and then I have my HD C100, and I roam around with that or put it on tripod, but I pan around, and right. or I'll do handheld. Right. Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's my GH4 Saga. But that's I'm, great. I've, I'm starting to actually like the look of the GH4 a little bit more with the right settings. And, and and you think when that vlog comes out, you think you'll like it even more at that? Yeah, point? I think I think because that's one of the oh, another issue with the GH4 is the dynamic range. It's mm-hmm. just not quite up to this the other higher end camcorders I have. So that adding that extra dynamic range will make it even more f- potentially filmic. What, I think. What 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 does that entail as far as the post production go? I mean, d- does that mean that just every single bit of your footage has to be run through the system and yeah although it's not that difficult for example with uh, premiere pro which i use and actually we're gonna have to talk about premiere pro 2015 at some point because but we, probably not for this segment but um yeah. for premiere pro i um there's a, there's this concept called adjustment layer mm-hmm. and they I think they introduced it in 2014 um it's kind of cool though it, you basically create a adjustment layer and it's basically just kind of like a video clip and you place it above the layer you want to affect and then you can put any kind of effects or whatever on that layer and then it just affects the footage below so so i would put the the vlog say on track one in the sequence and then i put this adjustment layer as a mm-hmm. clip on track two and then lengthen that clip out to cover all the all the vlog gh4 footage and then in, and then i'd add an effect to the adjustment layer mm-hmm and it would be kind of a curve that reversed the vlog effect. And I have a bunch of those because I shoot and log in different cameras all the time. So apparently the Alexis um, unlogging, it's called a LUT lookup table. Yep. The, the Alexis LUT works really well with vlog apparently. <laughs> so I just use the Alexis LUT, which is essentially just a curve. It's like a reverse curve, and it reverses whatever flatness was in that image. Can, can can you set that as a template and just apply it toward you know, uh, uh, t- towards the uh, the entire footage that you have? Yeah, I do that. That's kind of what that adjustment layer is. So I don't uh-huh. have to if I cut it up or or do stuff. All I have to do is just make sure that adjustment layer is is right above that footage, and then okay. it'll just affect that. Or I can create a a preset in mm-hmm. Premiere Pro and then just apply that preset to all the clips I want to. So it's actually it's pretty easy. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. But you have to do that before you, you know, present the final product. Uh, yeah, I, I was looking at some stills of uh, of the vlog uh, prior to you know wh- what it comes like out of the camera. Boy, it is flat. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's very unimpressive. And to say, hey, I'm going to spend a hundred bucks to get this image, but yeah. uh, but I get it. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it's like recording, right? You want to record as flat as you can, and then just add your post production afterwards and spice it up a little bit later exactly so that's great all right well uh, let's do this let's take another break and uh we've got a lot more to catch up on there's there's plenty of stuff that we can touch on uh maybe premiere pro be one of those things that we touch on because it sounds like you have uh, a lot to say about that uh okay uh we're gonna take another break keith moreau rod louis tech move we'll be right back
<laughs> well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is actually another day. Uh, it's another that, day. We it's we another got really we got really tired at the end of the last session and just fell asleep. That's right. And we're uh, just waking up now. Waking up now, <laughs> rumple still skin. I am and uh, waking up now. But when I woke up today, I found out some. Excellent news from Keith Moreau regarding his HDMI splitting problem. Uh, Keith, I think uh, you have some developments to share with us uh, uh, right now. Is that correct? I do. I do have some developments, and I wanted to talk a little bit about it because I made some comments about HDMI splitting, and and I and that, that travesty that occurs. <laughs> yes, and <clears throat> but I think it was more of just a particular issue that I was having with my AV receiver, which is a Denon, pretty nice uh, AV receiver that mm -hmm. has a bunch of HDMI inputs and component inputs and outputs. And it also has a thing called zone, it has two different zones. It has a mains, it's kind of like if you wanted to use it for a central system for your whole house. Right, I have one and, of those too. Oh, okay. Yes. And so you have the main room. It never where, works, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's what I'm finding. Yes. But uh, you have... And actually, I didn't even want to use it for two rooms, but I figured since I was, I had two different um, outputs, I had one uh, LCD TV in the same room as the big projector. Uh, so I don't always want to, you know, bring down the gigantic 135-inch screen. It's just... <laughs> It just puts a damper, especially if somebody's standing right underneath it and hits them. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it sounds like a garage door opener yeah, going up and down? It pretty much does, actually. It's exactly like a garage <laughs> door opener. That's probably the same companies that make them. But, Genie, uh, <laughs> Genie will be... Uh, you, 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 you get confused when you leave the house, which opener <laughs> to take with you. Yeah. Um, you know, so I have this smaller, you know, 55-inch LCD that's kind of tucks on against the wall and gets out of the way. But... If you just want to watch a little TV and you don't want to bring down the big screen, and you especially if you're doing it during the day, you don't have to do this room darkening stuff. I just anyway, yeah. That's why I got this receiver so it could. It has two HDMI outputs, and I had one going to the projector and one going to the LCD. So I had so previously when I was having all these problems, I had the main output going to the projector and the zone B output. Mm -hmm. That's like if you had another room, that's going to the uh, fifty-five LCD, inch, the fifty-five inch LCD, yeah. Right. And uh, <clears throat> and I was having all these HDCP problems, all these copy protection. You know, sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whenever I tried to do most things, and it was just really frustrating. So remember, I was telling you I was going to do the component thing. That's right. Yeah. So the component thing's kind of cool because. My receiver will take a component input and actually convert it to HDMI. So I was thinking that would at least work for the TV, and then the, the other stuff I would use a different way. Right. But <clears throat> I was experimenting with it, and it, unfortunately the component, it only converts to HDMI in one of the outputs. It didn't seem to want to do it on the other output. So I couldn't really use that, so I'd have to connect a component cable just to this TV. And it was just... Anyway, just on a lark, I actually switched the outputs. I switched... Uh, the main output going to the LCD and the the B output going to the projector. So that that could take that conversion. Uh, well, I actually didn't even, I didn't even, yeah, but I didn't even actually 
try the conversion. I was just trying it all HDMI inputs and outputs. I wasn't trying to do the component thing. Okay. And lo and behold, I stopped getting those HDCP issues. Oh, really? The, yeah, on all the different devices. It was like, really? I, I was, I, basically, the TV was being split, and I was watching it on both the projector and the and the uh, TV at the same time. On all the uh, TiVo was the main thing that was the issue before, but on all the different uh, occasionally with the Apple TV, I would get that problem. And anything I think that has any kind of copy protection, I was getting this this message right. once in a while. And and my solution previously was just to unplug one of the cables. Like if I was watching the projector, I just unplug the cable to the TV. Right. So that said, I would think there's only one, but I didn't want to have to do that. That was a pain. But I just was just kind of experimenting. So, well, I'm just going to switch these. Um, and actually, uh, the reason I did it was because I wanted to to look at the, I wanted to operate both systems at the same time. So I had the screen screen halfway down, a little bit above the TV. Right. So I could kind of see, kind of was on the projector, but I could really see what was on the TV. And the thing is, is that the main output, um, you know, when you operate your AV receiver and you have all the settings, it, it superimposes its settings onto the t- TV. Yes. Um, it was only going to do that on the main HDMI output. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <clears throat> so I couldn't, if I was watching uh, through, the, uh, if I wanted to do it the other way where the projector was connected to the main app, but I'd have to have the projector screen all the way down. So in a way, it was kind of an accident. I was saying, okay, well, I need to adjust the TV to see what's going on with the outputs. Right. And I'm just going to use the TV. So temporarily, I'm going to make the TV the main output and the projector the B output. Right. And lo and behold, when I switched those around, just so I could operate and see stuff uh, that was going on on the receiver, it actually all started working. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, actually, if it were me, I think I would have originally wired the 55 as your as your A yeah. uh, system, only because that's your everyday. I think, and, and, and I think there was some, some stupid reason that I originally did it the other way. <laughs> <laughs> because A is for the biggest screen ever. I, I think that's A is much better and better and bigger than B. So I was just thinking that was it. Nobody says, you know, this is my my A system. This is my B system. This is my B system. It's not very impressive. Right. I think that was it. I think that was it. Some kind of weird psychological quirk. Right. Character flaw. But so. (laughs) But it but it works now. Yeah, it works now. And um and previously I had this uh, TiVo split out to my bedroom TV as well. Because I have these things called, um, they're called Balins. And Balin, it just it's basically like a little transformer that converts any kind of analog signal and and, and through the through the Cat5, through Cat5 wire, mm-hmm. like Ethernet wire. Mm-hmm. It will actually put those signals on there and they're twisted so there's a little bit of noise cancellation. It's like a balanced li- line. And then it unbalances on the other end. And I was previously using it to watch TiVo, the same TiVo that was in my living room and my bedroom. And I, I had previously gotten this HDMI version of that and uh, and a splitter. So I wound up, I actually, am, and I said, well, I wonder if I could even split what's coming out of the TiVo and have it going to my bedroom too. Right. And then I had, and I, and I hooked that up and it actually all worked. And, and, and you're actually get it, getting it into the bedroom as well now? Yeah, I'm getting into the bedroom as well. And I have this kind of remote extender thing that I have in the bedroom so it can actually, and it's, kind of wired and it goes all the way back to the TiVo so it's just operating that so I can take my TiVo remote into the bedroom and just essentially watch it as if it's in the same room. Oh that's great. Yeah so 
amazingly, just by switching a couple of cables, it solved all my problems. It was huh. Like, that's, yeah. That's so odd. Yeah, it's it's really odd, and it's just, I guess you just can't assume the worst. Right. <laughs> Um, and I think it was maybe it's some kind of weird bug probably in the AV receiver. There's probably something going on it, with it. It is so strange how certain inputs and outputs on hardware can can be affected by certain things. I don't know how it knows. You know what I mean? I don't know how it, it, it can tell when, when something <clears throat> is amiss. Well, I think what's going on is that... <coughs> excuse me. What's going on is that... HDMI is kind of a bi-directional thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and actually, I've researched this a lot because I've actually had this problem for a long time, like for a couple of years. And, and the reason I actually had another AV receiver before that wasn't even an HDMI receiver. So I was just doing all my HDMI stuff, my video switching and stuff diff- in, in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's when I first encountered all these problems. And so what it is is that there's a... I think it's called EDID. There's a certain... Um, code it's kind of like when you you remember when you connect different monitors like in the old days you connect different analog monitors to your computer right and depending on the monitor's resolution capability it would kind of give feedback to the computer about what it could do right so so that you wouldn't get into trouble it's kind of the same thing with the hdmi the the playback device like the tv or the projector it actually will the HDMI source will say, "What's you know, what's what's your standard?" And it goes, "Okay, I can do 1080p and 3D." And then the the device that's the send the source will go, "Okay, great, I I can I can send that out um, if it's capable of doing that." So there's a little bit of handshaking going on. Um, but then sometimes um, there might be something that's that's showing that you're maybe trying to convert a signal when you're not supposed to mm-hmm. or doing something that, that the copy protection doesn't allow. And then the source device says, sorry, can't do it. Right. Bye. Right. And it'll give some message saying you have an HDCP problem, um, but it's not very specific. Um, and then sometimes you can actually have such systems where, and, and this actually, it's the reason I, I kind of the reason that I got my 55 um, inch uh, LCD was that I wanted to have um, 3D on both. I wanted I had a 3D projector, but I didn't have a 3D LCD um, smaller TV before, and that would be issues too, mm-hmm. because one was saying it was 3D and another one saying it was saying it wasn't. Hmm. So I wanted them to kind of match so that the source devices wouldn't get confused. Looking back on it now, it probably wouldn't have mattered that much because I think each individual connection it kind of re handshakes, but. Um, they're actually at one point I actually got this device that that spoofs the 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 playback device. It actually say even if it's not a 3D device, it'll say I'm a 3D device so that things work smoothly. You can kind of program it to do stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like for people that are switching their TVs all the time. It's like for professionals that are doing this and they don't have too many problems. So it can be a a huge pain. Yeah, to get it set up. But for whatever reason now, I'm happy. <laughs> it's all, it's all working. Well, well, well you know, I, I wonder. It, it, so all in all, okay, everything's working all great and stuff like that. But I'm wondering, is the switcher within these AV receivers really, really that great? Is it better than maybe just buying your own breakout box and switching from something that's more dedicated rather than through a re- AV receiver? Um, well, what I found actually, and I, be, is that no, I mean, 
maybe theoretically, yes, if you get a really super high-end one. Mm-hmm. But I think any kind of matrix switcher is going to have this issue. Uh, by matrix sw- switcher, I mean uh, multiple inputs and multiple outputs. So if it's just like a, a four to one where it's all four inputs going to one output, mm-hmm. then then I don't think there's too many issues because it's pretty discrete. Right. It's not. It's not. Um, it's like one is going to go to one, two is going to go to one. It's all going to go to the same. same like source. that's like my switcher. That's yeah. The, that's like the one I have. But but a matrix switcher is something where it has multiple inputs and more than one output. So actually, I did I do have and I did get a matrix switcher back when I before I had this receiver. Mm-hmm. I had a matrix switcher, and it's basically just a box that has multi, has four ins and two outs. Right. And it's got two sets of LEDs on the front that show you you know source one is going to output A, source two is going to output B, or you can kind of switch it around. And I used that, and it was kind of worked in a way a little bit better but still didn't work that great i still had all these issues and i had to reset it pretty much every time i watched a movie it was like okay how long is it going to take me to actually start <laughs> how many minutes before the thing starts playing because <laughs> like you know i'd switch it and the the projector would go no hdmi inputs selected <laughs> sensed you know and then i'd restart it i turn everything off right. and then i turn everything on in a certain order and then maybe it would work and then maybe it wouldn't it was like you know, the family's kind of going, twir- you know, twiddling their thumb and going, <laughs> when are we going to watch this amazing movie that you just told us about? Exactly. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. The, because the HDMI switcher doesn't, and then Cinevia doesn't work either. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't have too many of those Cinevia problems. That's good. Then. That's good. But anyway, uh, it's just, so I think, I think it's going to be cool. I'm actually amazed. It's kind of like this, it was like this, this, what was that? Who's that guy that was rolling the stone up the hill? And I would just keep rolling back on him. <laughs> the, the myth, Sisyphus. Anyway, I felt, I kind of felt like there's this thing that would never, ever get right. solved. Right. <laughs> well, like, that's how I it, feel about Cinevia. <laughs> <laughs> that's never going to happen. That, that'll yeah. be the bane of my existence. <laughs> um, but, uh, but actually, you know, it's kind of, all this stuff is kind of fun for me. I enjoy sure. this home theater stuff. It's, it's kind of a challenge. I have my whole house. The thing that's pretty cool is that all this stuff now is all you can you can transmit it over Ethernet. So if your house house is wired for Ethernet, it's a pretty good way to transmit the stuff. Right. And and nowadays they actually have even have a wireless um, HDMI transmission as well, which I think I hear works really well. I have stuff like that for my cinematography stuff, but I haven't really used it ever for home theater. You know, uh, right? The the uh, the Ethernet stuff works out uh, very well as far as being able to to uh, you know maybe have a media server in one room and then stream it across the, the house and stuff like that. That works out pretty pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that uh, works great. I was actually talking about actually transmitting the HDMI, even the over, HDMI over Ethernet. Yeah, by using that kind of Balin concept. Yeah. It's essentially transmitting, it's converting it to an analog signal, which goes over the Ethernet cable, and then kind of converting it back to digital. Yeah, that's on the, pretty, on the other. that is pretty good there. Yeah, and like through my TiVo, it's it's perfect. I don't notice, I'm, I'm doing that now to go from my living room to my bedroom, for the, just for the TiVo, and then it works really well. Yeah. Just over a Cat5e cable. Nice. So. Oh, that's very, very good. Yeah. Very good. So anyway, good. that was. So I didn't mean to disparage, you know, TiVo. Sorry. You can you can, you know, re restart up the sponsorship, TiVo. 
Sorry about that. Your, your device worked perfectly. You have no HTCP issues. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's right. Come on back. You, I mean, you never even came to us before, but come on back anyway. Uh, that is that's terrific. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad that it worked out. I um, I always find it fascinating when something as simple as switching around a left and right input can actually make things go great. So. Um, I think you know, it's it's just weird because sometimes just fiddling with stuff randomly without logic, right, it fixes things. Yeah, it, <laughs> I oh. mean, you don't want you don't want to say that, but it sometimes works. Well, isn't it like <laughs> in the technical support field, your 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 biggest friend is power off, <laughs> right? And then and then you turn yeah. it back on again, and then oh, <laughs> we're working again. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, that's that. Well, whew, thank goodness for, uh, yeah. for, for, for that. Thank you. So, so if you ever have a problem with your connections and stuff, yes. just randomly unplug everything and randomly plug it all back, back in and maybe it'll actually start working. I think that's my lesson for the day. You, you know, <laughs> and, and that brings up another thing that I, w- that I was just thinking about is that, you know, we talk about all this stuff and, you know, I, I have a lot of things as well, right? In my home theater. And I was just thinking of the, Yards and yards of rat nested cable you and I must have. Oh, oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's actually one thing that's kind of cool about HDMI now. Yes, exactly. I agree. Yeah, the yeah. one cable is pretty nifty. It's pretty cool, and right. then you get some nice thin HDMI cables, and it becomes a lot neater. Yes, and and because back. Before when I thought this was an issue, I was getting all the component splitters and cables Ooh, and yeah. everything out, and oh, it's yeah. and luckily I don't have to use that. And I have this big. I'm literally have like a foot high pile of cables. Oh yeah, no, that I, I, that I, I actually don't you. have to use. Yeah, well, well, and you know what's great is that the HDMI cable is very nice because it's the singular cable. But then, like me, I still have to use some components, right? Right, and those are so darn thick. Yeah, and it has no bend whatsoever <laughs> in those cables, right? So they're just sticking straight out of the jacks, and uh, so you know you win some, you lose some. I think <laughs> win some, lose some. Uh, okay, great, fantastic. Y- you know, uh, during my wonderful slumber, <laughs> I had a dream about our uh, one of our uh, last segments about the GH four. Uh, the Metabone Speed Booster and the Sigma uh, Art Lens. Oh right, uh-huh. that we had talked about. Yes, and uh, you know, I know you're concerning the Sigma, but you've actually had some very good luck with some of the uh, Canon EF lenses to your Metabones, right? So, so that works out great for you. Yes. My question: I wonder, would that same setup, and I don't see why it wouldn't, would that same setup work for? Good old Rod Louie and his GH1 slash GH13 and or anyone else who has GH1, GH2, you know, sitting in the closet. Would, th- would that set up work for us? Um, yes, it would. <laughs> and, 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 it, and it should be pretty darn good, right? It should be pretty darn, darn good. I, I actually have a GH1, although I'm not sure. I, if- thought, you, I thought you used that as a, as a paperweight. Uh, it might as well be a paperweight because I don't think I've turned it on in about three years. Right. But, but uh, <laughs> the battery ha- juice is all leaked out of it. Yeah, it's. Pro- I think it's probably leaked out and destroyed a couple other devices that are sitting around it. <laughs> right. But uh, 
I'm trying to see if I can find. I think it's in one of my. You know what I can do is just to back back up that comment. I'll I'll try it out sometime and let you know. But oh, I'm, that would be excellent. The only thing that I would be concerned about would be the compatibility with the autofocus and and image stabilization and other other electronic kind of stuff. Right. Which you which you definitely would need because uh, those art lenses are all. Um, well, at least the EF versions are all totally electronic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the aperture is controlled electronically and and uh, any kind of... Well, there's no image stabilization on that, so that wouldn't be an issue. But any kind of um, any kind of autofocusing would be controlled electronically. So I can at least put... Um, I, have, I have a couple Sigma lenses. I could see if that works. I, w- and, I uh, would be very interested if you <clears throat> could take a couple little test shots for me on your gh1 and yeah. um and uh let me see them that would be great yeah as far as mechanically and then whether the 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 image circle is going to be the right size it's going to be the right size because it's made for a micro four thirds right uh sensor and i think and i'm primarily so. interested in like you know the low what low light you can get off of it uh because there was yeah. one guy who put out a video of uh, GH4 all low light using the speed booster and the Sigma lens, and, right. and it looked really nice. And I think he shot it in San Francisco, actually. Right. And uh, so I saw that, and that was pretty nice. And I would love to uh, see, you know, would it be close uh, with with a GH1? Because if if it is, you know, and I get a pretty good response, I, I might uh, dabble a little bit. <laughs> Well, you, you can't. I don't think you can go wrong. I mean, I'll test this out for you, but um, I'm pretty sure it's going to work. It's just whether the autofocus works, which is an issue, and whether the electronic aperture works. But, but, pretty sure the two. Um, the thing is, if that works, it's kind of a no-brainer because eventually, you know, maybe this year, maybe in a decade, you will go to the micro. You'll go to another GH4. That's or correct. Or GH5 or six or whatever. You are correct. And then GH25. Is that, that's <laughs> 2025. I'll I'll wait the week before they release the GH5, and then I'll buy the GH4 at about five dollars less than the MSRP. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'll, I'll do. I'll alert you when the GH5 is coming. Good, out, so you can do Good. that. Good, I appreciate that. I'll be. Yeah, no, I should. You should do it. You should do it. You know, the here's the only thing. It everything gets bigger, and that's yeah. the thing that that I've that I've experienced when I. Because the GH4, it's not a, it's not a super super small camera. It's actually kind of nice ergonomically. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's actually a little bit bigger than the GH1, I think, just slightly. Yeah. Um, and I think that's in a way it's it fits your hand, you know, at least just as well. Sure. The Sony, the Sony A series series are all kind of sharp and small, and they feel really bad in your hands. Oh, you and don't like the way they feel? No, I hate the A the A7 s ergonomics really ter- terrible oh, wow. yeah it's like it's like um, too small it's, it's it's i think it could be that small if they rounded stuff more but mm-hmm. everything's kind of squarish all the all the angles and where you hold it mm-hmm. and everything it feels like it's just it's just digging into your hand hmm. um whereas if you hold the gh series it feels like it feels like it fits your hand and almost almost all the other dslrs are like that so i don't know why sony it's like they they want it to be as small as possible i think yeah and still slightly resemble a SLR, but uh, I think they made the handles too on ergonomic. Hmm. The rest of it I can take or leave. You know, the other angular, but it's the part that you're holding. Right. It's just it feels sharp. So um, 
they, Panasonic definitely, even though they actually have a smaller sensor, their cameras are a little bit bigger and their handles are bigger. So, um, but anyway, what happens though is you have the speed booster thing on it. So the speed booster weighs, I don't know exactly, but it's not insubstantial because it's got glass in it. And, 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 and but that that's the that's kind of like a a good thing, right? Because it's high quality and stuff like that, correct? Yeah, I think it has to weigh a certain significant amount because mm. it's got stuff. It's made out of metal and it's got glass in it. So, um, but you've got that, and that's sticking out about an inch, maybe three quarters of an inch. And then, and then on top of that, you have a big glass with a lot of a big lens with a lot of big glass in it. Right. And um, so it starts becoming significantly bigger and heavier right. than your than your micro four thirds kind of style. Sure. So you're, but there's not really, it's there's not really a way to get that much light without doing that. Your your lenses are going to have to be bigger anyway, if you're going to have you know huge light gathering zoom lenses. Right. So um, it's just something to kind of think about. Um, the GH4 Micro Four Thirds, the Panasonic branded lenses are pretty, fairly light, um, and they work automatically and stuff like that. And it's yeah, just, you don't have to you don't have to add this stuff, this extra stuff to it. Yeah. yeah. So. Like for example, I have all the stuff you know that you're talking about. Right. Well, I don't have the I have the speed booster, the older version. I don't have the ultra. I'm thinking about getting the ultra. Right. And and I, but when I when I want to just do something quick and I say I'm going to do a 4K thing with my GH4, I don't pick all that other stuff up and and attach it. I don't mm-hmm. grab that first. Mm-hmm. I will grab the GH4 with the uh, 12 to 35 lens on it. It's with, pretty, with the Panasonic 12 to 35. Yeah, which is a really super high quality sharp lens, mm-hmm. which also has image stabilization in it. Right. And um, that's another thing is the image stabilization. You're just not going to get that um, unless you have a zoom lens uh, or a lens that has image stabilization. The art doesn't have that. So you're going to have to hold this camera really steady if it's handheld. Be really careful about that. Um, it's It's hard to not use an image stabilized lens and get good shots unless you have a kind of a rig or something to hold it steady. Right. Or always tripod mounted or what have you. Yeah. I mean, I've done a bunch of stuff without stabilized lenses in the past, but I always had my, my steady stick rig thing that I told up, talked to you about before. Right. So it was mm-hmm. actually pretty stable, but yeah. if you're just holding it with your hands, you get these little micro jitters. Sure. Oh, especially um, if you're zoomed and all this kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you, you know, that, that, that's an interesting point because, you know, speed booster is going to be what, 600 bucks. Yeah. Sigma is going to be another seven to 800 bucks, you know, so, you know, we're into that or buy the Panasonic for about a thousand for about, for about a thousand bucks. And, and, and everything just works on it. You won't, you won't be able to get that one stop lower or anything like that, but you know, maybe that's not quite as important. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's it's kind of a toss up. It's kind of a toss up. Yeah. So, if I know like so for example, I've I've done exactly what you want to do in lots of situations. Yep. So, I, I've I record like conferences and stuff where somehow they're really really dim a lot of times. And there's just not that much lighting for the people that are talking. It's like the audience is brighter than the person on stage right yes <laughs> <laughs> really and that's odd. only because the the aisleways need to be lit up <laughs> for safety reasons right yeah the exit sign is lighting up the <laughs> audience 
but <laughs> you're being the ambient light from the green exit sign. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's um, great. So, so going in, I know. Okay, well, I want to do it in 4K so I can crop and and not don't use too many cameras. But I know there's not going to be enough light, so I purposely brought prime lenses and the speed booster and put it on the GH4 and put it in 4K mode, and okay. it works. You know, you can if you stop down to like 1.4. Maybe bring the Panasonic up to about 800, the GH4 up to about 800 ISO. It's just really the most you want to do with a GH4 before it starts right breaking really up and looks up. yeah gritty just and looks stuff. bad yeah yeah. Um, and then sometimes I'll even uh, I'll even uh, do a full um, I'll, I'll set the shutter speed to be uh, 360 shutter. So not not even the half the 180 shutter, which is so. For example, if you're doing 24p, you would just uh, set it to 24. One twenty fourth of a second, right? Instead of one forty eighth, um, and just to get that much more light. And there's, and it definitely is a little bit blurrier because when people are moving, it's there's much more motion blur. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually in these conferences, there's they're, they're not running around. And they're, stuff, yeah, so they're not acceptable. Right. <laughs> it's not like I'm doing sports, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I mean anything to get more light out. Sure, uh, get more more light onto that sensor since the sensor is not that sensitive. Um, and yeah, and I've done it. And it's worked quite well. But so, so so then when it comes to that, you will use the speed booster with your primes and um and and that's effective. You would not use the Panasonic two point eight for such a thing. Um I have also have used it, but um only if the there's enough light. Right. And that and that's the really big key. Yeah, that's the really big key. Because the thing is the record the reason you're recording four K is so that you can blow it up later if you need to. And if there's not enough light, you can't really blow it up. It looks bad. You might as well just use a couple smaller HD camcorders. Right. So it's not worth it to set up a GH4 and then also all that memory it's using because it's going to be using four times as much memory as a HD camcorder in AVC HD mode. Right. So, so um, yeah. I, I have used the two the the Panasonic lens, but if I really really need the light, then I'll use that that extra combination of speed booster and a low light lens. Hmm. So, th- yeah. So that is something to consider. Then that's something it to is consider. to consider. Yeah, it's kind of like what are you what are you going to use it for? Are yeah. you going to be going out in the field and 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 then if you are, you're going to need to keep it steady unless you get a stabilized lens and and you know. There's, Does, there's, I, I want you to finish on that, but also I want you to comment. How does the speed booster work on still photography? Um, I think it's probably fine. I mean, I've used them before for still photography. I think just the inherent issue is that there's a there's an extra layer of glass in there, right? And it's and it's not going to be perfect. So it's it's just gonna there's gonna be imperfections in it that are gonna show up on your um, higher than HD um, stills. So your stills are much much higher resolution than the HD recording that you're getting with the GH1. Mm-hmm. So the imperfections don't really matter with HD as much, right? Um, but they they might they might matter with stills. But if you get the ultra, um, it's a lot it's it's a lot higher quality glass in there. So I think it'll probably be okay. It's meant for 4K, so it's meant for essentially a 12 megapixel still. Right. So if you can do that, um, so that that's pretty good. So ultra speed booster ultra, uh, 
and and that'll give you pretty good low fairly good low light performance uh, and pretty good resolution and pretty good resolution yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i would definitely if i were to get any, yeah. any speed boosters in the future i'll definitely get the ultras it's worth the extra two or three hundred dollars yeah yeah because you know like uh, this goes back to a question we had long long time ago in one of our episodes many many moons back um where you know i was considering full sensor uh camera right right but, like a Canon, Canon right. or something. Uh-huh. Exactly. You know, getting a nice used, you know, 5D, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so big, you got to get new glass, you know, gosh, you know, I've been singing the praises of the GH1 and, you know, going forward and all this kind of stuff for, you know, so many years now. Uh, you know, do I want to change formats and now with Speed Booster there, you know, Am I at that point where I don't need to think about, you know, full sensor camera at this point, you know, um, and, you know, judging by what you use, you know, you're, you're quite happy with the micro four thirds, you know, where you're at getting what you get, um, you know, it's things to consider. It's things to consider. I, I am hoping that the next version of the GH, like the GH five mm-hmm. will be a better sensitivity. Uh, you know, light-wise? Light-wise. I, I, I would hope that it's better sensitivity. Yeah. Uh, you know, can they? Uh, you know, is that even possible? And, you know, because hasn't that been the, 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 the downfall of the Micro Four Thirds since inception? Is, you know, the light sensitivity just hasn't been there, right? Because of small sensor, all this kind of thing. Uh, you know, what what else can we squeeze out of it? Oh, I think, I actually think sensor technology has really, really improved over the last five years. You know, evidence is these like the A7S. Yes, I mean it's a full frame camera, but it also has an amazing sensor in it that that not only gathers is large and gathers a lot of light, but the technology on it is it doesn't waste any of that light that's hitting it, or mm-hmm. it's wasting very little of that light. Mm-hmm. My 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 sense is that the GH4 Micro Four Thirds sensor is not as advanced as the ones from Sony, or even the new ones from Canon. So, for example, there's this there there's this back um back illuminated term <laughs> it's called back illuminated it's okay. a total misnomer okay but you you might you might you might hear this term back illuminated sensor allows for much much higher sensitivity uh, so so what the way that sen- the way that sensors basically a sensor is just a bunch of little chips that are all lined up that are squeezed into this very small space <laughs> light light gathering photo sensors but there's also little electronics that go along with those. So it's not just the sensor. There has to be some stuff to process the light, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just you know millions of them in this small space. Um, every every one of those has electronics, a little bit of electronics, some silicon and transistors and integrated circuits that go along with it to deal with that light and how to deal with it. Um, so all that back illuminated means is instead of having the electronics alongside on the surface mount alongside the the light gathering uh, sensor part of it, pixel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they actually move the electronics to the back side. So it's on the dark side. Oh, okay. And then it, it actually allows the sensor to be even bigger so that it can, there's less space between it and the next sensor over. So in the past, the sensors used to be kind of far, far apart. You know, imagine like a parking lot where the cars are parked in every other space. Mm-hmm. And, and now, like with the new Sony sensors, the cars are parked right up against each other. So oh, there's okay. very little space in between them. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that's improved. Um, 
Another thing that's improved is the sensors themselves can actually become um, more sensitive, um, which means the signal to noise ratio is much higher. So for the for one, you know, for ten photons that are hitting that sensor, there might be one photo one photons worth of noise that just is inherent in that sensor because it's not that pure. Whatever mm -hmm. makes a sensor good. Mm -hmm. um, so now maybe it's a half half a photon of noise. And so, so that means you can actually boost the gain higher. Hmm. So the electronics part of it can actually amplify it more, twice as much, but still have the same noise. Hmm. So these kind of things have actually been progressing um, over, you know, ever since sensors have been made. But particularly over the last few years, they've gotten really, really, really good. So, so it sounds to me I should wait for GH5, GH6. <laughs> And uh, not buy a darn thing. <laughs> um, I'm convincing you not to buy something. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think you've convinced <laughs> me to it because uh, m maybe, you know, because that's the thing, right? With GH4, wow, it's such an advancement, right? The in-camera 4K, uh, you know, that, that groundbreaking, revolutionary type of thing. What else can they do? Maybe yeah. maybe the next thing is 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 to concentrate on the sensor, and that's what's going to get us over that hump. Yeah, I would say they. I think they have a lot of pressure to improve a couple things. Um, one one thing is the the light sensitivity, which we talked about, and then another thing which is coming out more and more is the sensor that actually has um, image stabilization on the sensor itself. Mm -hmm. So the sensor is in a little cradle, like a little gimbal, and it moves around based on. It's the vibration that's going on okay. and also orientation. Mm -hmm. So it's actually pretty advanced. Um, and But what it can do is it actually can save you a lot of money because you don't have to buy image-stabilized lenses to mm -hmm. get that effect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can get the super highest... You could have some super high-end primes that never have image stabilization in them, but then get that out of the sensor. Right, so, right. Yeah. Because Sony, uh, Sony has, or or you could take your mismatch primes, right? Like a like an EF lens, and you know maybe stick it onto a Micro Four Thirds adapt a cheap adapter, maybe, mm -hmm. and yeah. and then have the stabilization in that. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I this is what I hope that the GH five has image stabilized sensor and better low light. You know. Let's let's hope for that. You, uh, you know what? I'm saving up my pennies again. <laughs> no, but here's the thing, Rod. No matter what you get now, if you decide to keep with the Micro Four Thirds in the future, yeah. you're not wasting your money. Right. Um, you'd be wasting your money maybe if you were getting a whole bunch of electronics stuff. But the lenses and things like that, they re really don't go down in price much. Yeah, that, that, that's true. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know... 2.8, 1.8, you know, lenses are always going to be in that, you know, plus 500 range, right? No matter they what. are. And and the technology on lenses doesn't change that rapidly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, you don't see, like, fi a five-year-old lens is not that much better than a current lens. Yeah. Whereas, whereas a, f or not that much worse, whereas a five-year-old camcorder it's like it's like for the junk heap, you know. <laughs> right, you can't exactly. you can't give it away, right? Maybe right, right. so. So it, you're definitely lenses are definitely a good investment. I've actually bought and sold a lot of lenses for about the same price. 
like like I bought a I bought a bunch of used lenses and then I've sold them for exactly what I bought them for like oh. five years later so, and, and haven't depreciated at all or anything like that. Nope. Whereas mm-hmm. cameras, oh yeah, you know, gosh, maybe half. Yeah, like I, like my GH one, like you know what bought it for nine hundred bucks or something like that, and like now I think you can get it on Craigslist for like two hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, I know. I was actually considering trading in my my GH1 because you can trade them in, I think, with B&H or Amazon or something. Right, right. But why and, bother? It'll cost you yeah, more to send it to them. Exactly. I was just like, oh, I looked it up and no. Right. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I'd rather well, just I, give it to somebody. I, I'm, gl- I'm glad you didn't uh, because now you'll be able to shoot something for me with uh, <laughs> uh, with the Metabones. And, that's and, the uh, only and purpose of that. That's, that's good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, good. That uh, I am gonna. Uh, I am going to consider. Uh, I, I'm I'm really torn right now because now I'm thinking, yeah, maybe I should just stick with the with the Lumix lenses. You know, the two point uh, was it two point eights that uh, yeah. The, you know, and there's a couple others. There's the like Olympus v- has Voigt, some great Voigtlang- ones. Voigtlander. Oh yeah, the point nine five. Yeah, the point nine fives. Apparently, those are really really good. And there's a couple other lenses as well. Right. It just depends on how much money you want to spend. Right. So exactly. Well, you know, I, I I think I think the the Voigtlanders are great because those are ultra low light, right? Point right. nine five. You know, really really great. Yeah. Uh, but that's a I want to say that's a twenty millimeter, no zoom, no nothing. Right. It's no. just a prime lens. Total where, prime. Whereas the Panasonics are at least zooms, which can be quite useful. Yes. Um, do you have both? Do you do you have the the the, the short zoom and the long zoom ones? Um, I considered getting the long zoom for a while. It's a, a little bit more expensive. It's like thirteen hundred dollars new. Right. Um, but I heard that there were jitter micro jitter problems in the in image stabilization. Oh, really? Yeah, I just heard that. Um, that I was just about to buy one, and then I read a bunch of stuff about it. And uh, yeah, apparently they've had some issues because they're not really meant for video when they were designed. Really? Wild, that's wild that's back. shocking. Yeah, so they're they're okay I think if you're taking stills, but if you're just con- taking continuous vid- video, the stabilization will jerk around a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um it looks kind of bad in in uh 4K. I'm surprised you haven't even just tried it, bought one and then just returned it. <laughs> that's usually your 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 MO there. Yeah, I guess I just didn't get around to it. I th- I think cuz of the 4K, I can kind of d- zoom in since I'm doing using it mostly for video, right. I can zoom into the HD and get like a 4x zoom out mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and and I'm not using the GH4 for telephoto. I'm not using it to get up close. I'm using it for that wide shot. Right. I think that's probably the reason. If it was like my only camera, mm-hmm. like the, the only one that I use, then I'd probably get one. But since I really, it's it has a specific function in my business and in mm-hmm. my filmmaking. It's it's the wide shot. <laughs> yes, it's never never so, the close up. So the eighteen and the thirty five is is the key thing. You you you, yeah, you love that lens uh, twelve to thirty five. You, you love that one. It's a great uh, lens. I, I, I should consider that. I think you should consider it. It's a very versatile lens. Yeah, I like really, it. Really, I, yeah. I like it. It's really super sharp. Um, it's I can't say. I think it, it it suffers a little bit from that micro jitter issue, but much less. And they just came out with a firmware upgrade, which I just applied, 
And so I don't know if it made a difference, but it supposedly it addressed that oh, that issue. Interesting. So uh, you know yeah, what I, I you know what I love about Lumix lenses is that they say eighteen to thirty five, right? But because of the two times crop factor, twelve to yeah, twelve to 35. twelve. It's yeah. actually twenty four to seventy, right? Right, right, and that's and, and it's and their the, own lens. Yeah, which is so awesome. Lens. Yeah, and th- the thing is that that twenty four to seventy is a super popular range for a zoom. Right. That's why they do it. That's why they did it. Like the Canon twenty four to seventy is is a is is a a legend. You know, it's a really nice one. And I guess that art one is also yeah twenty four to seventy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's a really common uh, wide zoom. <laughs> so yeah, it, and that's why they and that's why they chose the micro four thirds because it's exactly half of the full thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> they planned all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great! Uh, well, I I think I'm uh, I, I'm going to consider that uh, that two point eight that Lumix yeah. two point eight. See see uh, see how cheap I can get it. If it falls off some sort of shipping truck, I'm going to look for one. Um, okay, well, good, 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 good. Let's um, Keith. Let's do this. We have a lot more to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. Just so I don't have to have a absolutely ginormous file. Uh-huh. Let's uh, take a break, reset the uh, the set here, and uh, we'll come back and talk more about other fun things. Uh, and more importantly, uh, a couple things near and dear to you, like Sony stuff. So uh, we can okay. get into some of that stuff. So. Um, Let's reset. We will come back. Rod Louie, Keith Moreau, and this is Tech Move. Right back here on Tech Move, and Keith, we want to talk about uh, something that you've been. I, 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 I've been looking at these things too, uh, and and I think the only reason why I'm looking at it is because you can't get away from it. Sony is releasing every single type of camera that there is right now. They're 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 going for the videographer. They're going for the photographer. They're going for the casual shooter. Everything is being put out right now by Sony. They must have, they must be catching up to Canon as far as their product releases uh, uh, in the last six months than Canon has in the last two or three years. Can you comment on this, please? <laughs> yeah, I think that's pr- probably true, especially in the uh, kind of DSLR um, mirrorless arena. Yeah. Yeah. They, Absolutely. It seems like they're coming out with a yearly update cycle on all the cameras that they have. Um, for example, uh, they re- recently released the A7R Mark II, and the A7S Mark II is just released. I don't think it's really out in the stores yet, but but uh, and both those are are huge updates from the ones that were just a year ago. Uh, just uh, give me a little update. What's the difference between the S and the R? So the okay. So I have the A7S, and the reason I got it was because it's 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 not a super high resolution sensor. It's good. It's good enough for 4K, but it's not good enough for. Uh, well, it's good enough 
for most things. I actually use it uh, to do stills as well. But it's not as high resolution as the A7R. The A7R is like the 40 to 50 megapixel um, of camera. So it can, it can for people that need that resolution, um, it can do it. Um, and so the A7R Mark II just you know, keeps that same high resolution, but um, just increases the light sensitivity and the video processing and uh, has this uh, new feature that almost all the, I think all the A7 uh, line, A7 Mark II lines have it now, which is the um, stabilization that's built on the sensor itself, which is amazing. You know, it's just a great feature. You know, I wish I wish my Canon Cinema Series stuff has that had that, or even you know, in some kind of future update, it would have it. You know, then then it would be a no-brainer to get those things. But now that now that Sony's coming out with these amazing mirrorless cameras, it's it's hard to consider other ones. Yeah, I I I mean, like the big deal about the Sony's right are basically incredibly high ISO and extreme low light. Yeah. Yeah. That the A7S, as I said before, it's just amazing low light. Um, if, if I know I'm going to be shooting near dark, I'll just bring that, you know, right. I could even bring that and I could even bring a speed booster and put that on the, on the A7 if I wanted to go nuts, but yeah, I don't wow. even need to do that usually. <laughs> um, yeah, and even the A7R, which is not the really the video um, model, has really good low light as well. Um, so the A7S, which is last year's model, my model, uh, had really, really good low light. Well, apparently the A7R Mark II has almost as good low light capability. Mm -hmm. um, and it's got 4K internal recording, and it's got the image stabilization built in. So, and, and that's not considered the video camera? It's not considered their their video optimized camera. Although I think maybe they, they decided just, they were going to put, put most of the features that are in the A7S into it. Um, it does really good video in the crop mode. So mm -hmm. it's a full frame camera as all the A7s are, but um, it has a crop mode where it's kind of like a PSC sized super 35 sized. Um, so you have your full frame uh, kind of standard uh, still mode. But you can also put it into a crop mode where it it actually will just have a kind of the center portion of the sensor recorded. Mm -hmm. um, so lots of good things happen when you do that. Um, in the case of the A7R uh, Mark II, uh, because it's actually scanning a smaller area, um, things go faster. <laughs> um, it can record 4K in that smaller crop area. Um, that smaller crop area actually... Uh, divide, divides equally into a 4K resolution, whereas mm -hmm. if, it used, if it used the full frame, uh, the whole frame of it, it would actually have to do some math to down convert it to 4K. And when you do that, you get you lose quality and speed, and you get aliasing and moray and stuff like that. So, in the crop mode, the A7R Mark II is actually a better video camera than in full full frame mode. Mm -hmm. um, also, you get less rolling shutter because there's less things being scanned. Less less pixels being scanned, so everything happens faster. So when mm -hmm. you move move the camera, you don't get the 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 much jello effect as as you would with a full frame or in you know, like the last version. Mm -hmm. So the only thing is, it's pretty expensive. I think I'm going to look up the price. Right, let me see. While you're doing that, yeah. uh, you know, 
like I mentioned before, these uh, A7 series, very high ISO that they're always promoting. What is the realistic highest ISO you've you've used uh, and gotten a good image on? Uh, I think I think I used maybe like twenty thousand in one wow. in one gig, and yeah. that was pretty good on the A7s. Yeah, it was definitely usable. Wow. Yeah, I think I might have even gone up to thirty or forty, and it was still usable. Wow. So yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about like you can't see it with your eyes, like it's that dark. That is nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and apparently, okay. So the the A seven R two full frame is on Amazon for thirty one ninety eight. So that's thirty. You know, that's getting up there. That's like that's pricey. Yeah, that's like five D Mark two uh, range. Actually, yeah. probably even more expensive than the five D Mark two. Right. Yeah, but it's a pretty versatile camera. Like if you were stills, like if you were really really into stills, like that was your main gig, or maybe half stills and half video you'd probably get that camera. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I do stills maybe 10% of the time, right. maybe less. So, right. and the, and my clients aren't, don't need the super poster sized blow ups, right. Doing stuff for the web and, you know, they'll blow stuff up. That's maybe like, you know, five inches high or something. And that's about it. Right. So <laughs> whatever fits on a computer screen, your iPhone will be good enough for that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably more than good enough. Right. So yeah, but, but, like if I guess if I like if the A7S wasn't out or the A7 wasn't out and this was mm-hmm. out, I'd probably get mm-hmm. this. Like if they didn't have any other models, I'd probably get right. this model. Right. Because it's very versatile. It totally yeah. it would totally replace my 5D Mark II, which was 24 megapixels. I think this is like 44 megapixels or something. Hmm. So um, plus has great low light video. Plus has great still resolution. Right. Yeah, and apparently there's other improvements like the processing's better, the color is a bit better. Um, I think they've just overall made it like almost no brainer for most people. Yeah. So now the A7S Mark II is also a new model, not quite released. It, you know, everything about it is probably a little bit better. It does do 4K internally, which the A7. S that I have does not do. Um, it has even better low light capability than the A7R. Um, better than it than the previous model, maybe a little bit better. Although I hear it's the same sensor, so I'm not sure how much better it is. But maybe the processing is better. Mm-hmm. Um, so how much is that? I'm just gonna look that up. Let's see if it's on A7S two. Yeah, that's that's not that much cheaper. That's in the three 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 thousand dollar range. So it's it's like five hundred dollars more than their last one. I think I got my last one for like twenty four. So it's about hmm. six hundred dollars more. Well, yeah. well, uh, are you considering it? Um, not GH four. You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. It's not that I don't need it. Um, I, I'm gonna have to look at some of the. I'm gonna have to look at look at some of the reviews and stuff on this particular one. Right. One of the things that I'm really not crazy about is the, the 30 minute limit on any of these cameras. Yeah, and, and there are no hacks to to do that or anything like that. I don't think so. I think Sony just decided to 
make all their cameras and all their DSLRs and video at 30 minutes. So I think I think it's a it's an import issue, but I think it only actually applies in Europe. But I think they're just too lazy to make it different for the U.S. market. So there's there's a, a weird standard. I don't know if you knew this, but um, like in Europe, if you if you market if you have a, a camera that goes over 30 minutes, it's considered a video camera. And then if it's a video camera, it gets taxed differently. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like. So like I think when people actually when when dealers import their camera from Japan to Europe they have to pay a certain amount of I guess import tax. I guess everybody has some kind of duty or something. And if it's a video camera it's a higher input import tax than if it's a still camera. <laughs> so <laughs> But it but if it records almost to 30 but not not over 30 then it's right. not considered that. So they just limit it to that so they can sell more, I guess. They can keep the price lower. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's great. But apparently well, apparently the, that duty doesn't apply in the U.S. So, if, like, the U.S. version of the GH4 doesn't have that limit, whereas the European version does. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So it seems like Sony could just, you know, make a little firmware switch. And, oh, yeah. Well, that that's how it used to be with the, with the GH1 uh, uh, 30-minute time limit until that hack came along oh yeah yeah may, yeah maybe they just decided to make it uh, at least give the u.s buyers more of maybe. an advantage yeah, yeah maybe. so maybe. i wish sony would do that but anyway yeah so that that's a kind of an issue because i do have my camera set up and shooting for a long time and i just hate that 30 minute limit so weird yeah that 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 is that is strange yeah well so you know. so those are the two things um not sure if I'm going to get either of them right now. You know, I don't see the super super need for them right now, but mm -hmm. possibly. I'm I'm going to see I'm going to see how the A7S reviews are and see what they're the A7R Mark II has overheating issues, so maybe every 15 minutes it needs to be shut down. Cool. Is that right? Yeah, cooled off and restarted. Oh my. And that's for video. Well, <laughs> you know, that's not going to work. No. I that used to happen with my 70 Mark II. So the 70, oh, really? Yeah, the 70 Mark II is like, was out in 2009, I think. That's when I started shooting on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a long time ago. But, but uh, yeah, it would it would stop. It would just shut down. And ha there were like a little icon would come up, like a little a little thermometer. <laughs> would come up on <laughs> a little camera with sweat beads coming off the side. <laughs> Something like that. And, and some kind of horrible message. And then it would just turn off. And, and I had to wait, you know, like, 15, 20 minutes. So, uh, some, but, uh, by, by, by then, the shootout is all over with. <laughs> it's by over. That time. Yeah. It's over. Everybody's SWAT yeah. has already come in and <laughs> taken over the, the crime scene. Yeah. I used to actually plan to use l larger, heavier metal lenses on it when I was shooting longer mm -hmm. so that it kind of acted as a heat sink. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> so it actually would last longer before overheating. So <laughs> oh, that or you that or on your rig instead of putting on like you know an external monitor or microphones you just put on this big 20 inch fan and just blow it right onto the camera yeah and glue on all these heat take things. a desk yeah. fan take a desk fan with the you know with the gooseneck arm <laughs> can you imagine the look of that rig the, yeah yeah <laughs> be great but uh, I but I just think in this day and age we should not have to put up with that so that that's kind of a turnoff too. So. Yeah, I mean heat, heat, and a thirty-minute time limit would kind of be 
that that would be kind of lame. Yeah, so you're going to spend $3,000 on this, and then the, it has very limited applications. So you have to use it for what? Use it for little shots like gimbal shots or B-roll where you're starting and stopping the video a lot. Yeah. Uh, you can't. You could use it for interviews, but you just have to remember to start and stop. And then, but that's get, a pain in the neck, right? I mean, yeah. like you, you 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 use your cameras a lot for interviews, and oftentimes, you know, your your interviewers uh, are are going much longer and oh, uh, yeah. have yeah. to try and remember. Oh, got to go and reset this now. Yeah, and then you might lose if you forget. You might lose it. Yeah, and then you might it might not be convenient to reset it because you might be right. occupied. So correct. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, it's almost like a professional just you just wouldn't want to get it, you know. Yep. So so we'll we'll see what the A7S is. It still has a thirty minute limit, and I, I've shot a lot with it for even for long form stuff. I just have to remember to restart it, and a couple mm-hmm. times when I've done it, I've forgotten, you know, just oops, right. you know. And <laughs> you have to set your own of, alarm. All of a sudden, I see that minutes. the screen's blank on that one. I restart it. Pain <laughs> <laughs> in the neck. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's a pain in the neck. Yeah, there should be some kind of like, I don't know, make some automated like finger that can sense when somebody's <laughs> pausing, and then immediately stop and start, start the camera again. <laughs> uh, well, along that lines, uh, I understand that you are. Well, I actually, I don't know if you're excited about this or not. It's along the same lines. Sony's got a new uh, Super Thirty Five camcorder out there. Right, they just announced the FS5. It's called the FS5, and from what I understand, it's uh, it's just a smaller form factor of the FS7. Is that correct? It's, I'm sure there are different. I'm sure there are different features to it, but it's just smaller. It's. I think it's one big, big claim to fame is that it's smaller. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Is it lacking anything that the seven has that this five does not, uh, other than size? It is lacking a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's. Um, I think the only. I think the major thing that is lacking is a high bit rate 4K internal recording. So I think it. Rec- I think if I'm not mistaken, it records 100 megabits on the 4K. Whereas I think the other one, the FS7 records um, uh, much higher rates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but you know, 100 megabits—that's what the GH4 records. So that's not horrible, and it is using a long up recording format. So you get a lot more bang for your for your bits, and in, mm-hmm. in that format, it's pretty compressed. But it's good compression. Um, I'm. So we we have I'm looking at the specs right now. Um it actually does have A V uh, sorry, X A V C. Uh apparently has fourteen stops of latitude. And but I think I don't think it does ten bit on the four K. I think it only does eight bit. Um but I I think I need to research it a little bit more, but I, I, I had a feeling that it wasn't couldn't record quite as well four K internally like there were some limitations to it but other than that it's really really small and uh it's kind of I, like the size of a c100 let, let me throw this out there yeah. i i have this uh i'm reading this one thing Here, here's the sentence on this article the fs5 uh shoots uhd at up to 30 uh, uh 30p and hd up to 60p 
full 4K recording will be included in a future paid upgrade. Really? That that's what this thing says. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, oh! You know what that means? Okay, I know what that means. That when they say full 4K, so UHD is kind of like the same aspect ratio as HD. Okay, it's 16 by 9, but it's actually not considered full 4K. It's it's actually 3840 by 2160. So it's exact, correct. Yeah, it's exactly twice as wide as HD. Okay, and and actually it's fine because you. Oh, just, oh, and and that and that would be good enough. Uh, th- 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 that's a good format rather that's, than the full 4K. Yeah, because 4K, you have a little bit of extra pixels on the top and the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, you have another 200 pixels on the top and the bottom, and that's what gets you 4K. Okay. But, um, but you know. But so, you have to pay for it for crime and you sake. You have to pay for it, yeah. I mean, you're already paying for this. I, you know, I'm sure it's not cheap, this thing. It's, I, uh, how much is it now? It's uh, six. It's 5,600, which is not bad. So we're in, we're in the C100. What I see is this camera is the C100 killer. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Because the C100 is about this size and okay, about this right. price. And this one is, I mean, on paper, it blows it away. It's mm-hmm. got everything that the C100 has, but it's also got 4K. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it probably has more dynamic range. It supposedly has 14 stops of dynamic range. I think the C100 is probably less, probably a couple stops less maybe 13. Um, so, yeah, I see this as the C100 killer. But and uh, but you're not running out to buy one just yet. When I saw this, it, it definitely perked my ears up a little bit more than the FS7. Sure. Because this is this looks a little... It looks like a C100. It does. Yeah, it's like it a really little, slightly does. skinnier C100. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's I guess it's got built-in NDs. I'm not sure... Yeah, it's got a so it's got a variable ND, which is strange. I'm not sure how they do that, but it's mm-hmm. a quarter to one twenty eight. I think it might be it's some kind of electronic ND, mm-hmm. which is fine, I guess, if it's good good enough quality. Mm-hmm. But it's got okay. Oh no, it's actually got a variable one quarter to one twenty eighth, which is great. And then it's got presets clear quarter one twenty sixth and one sixty fourth. So I guess it's got maybe. You know, maybe it's electronic, but then you could just hit settings. I have to look mm-hmm. look that up a bit more. But it's honestly, it's pretty cool. It's like so you like this one. I like this one. The only thing, okay, here's the thing that I don't like it. It only has a hundred megabits 4K recording. I would love to have maybe two hundred megabits 4K recording. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because one hundred megabits, it's not. It's basically, it's kind of the same quality as AVC HD. Yeah. So AVCHD is about twenty five megabits, and this is and it's HD. So this is four times the amount of data per frame, and it's a hundred megabits. So I'd I'd like a little bit more professional bit rate on the four K. Mm-hmm. Just give me an option. I don't have to use it if I don't want to, but give me the option of two hundred. Right. Right. Like for example, I'll give you an example on the FS seven. I'm just going to look that up. First of all, the bit depth is a lot higher. It can go twelve bit raw. Or when it's recording internally, it can go 10-bit or 8-bit. I'm pretty sure that the FS5 only goes 8-bit. I have to look that up. They don't mention it, so I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Um, as far as the recording bit rates, let's see. Yeah, so it has recording formats of XAVCI. So that's the in, uh, intra-frame format, I'm pretty sure. 
So that can go pretty high. That can go up to 600 megabits per second. You probably wouldn't need need to use that high. Um, that's that's the non. That's where the, each frame is on its own. It's not a long group of frames that's compressed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's called AV, XAVC-I. But there's the XAVC-L. That's the long up format. And yeah, it looks like its long up format is is goes up to 100 megabits per second. So I guess in the in this case it has XAVC-L and it's the same spec as the FS5. But the XAVC-I can go up to like for normal frame rates it goes up to 300 megabits per second for mm-hmm. 30 frame 30 frames per second so yeah it's definitely a much higher bit rate which just gives you better quality and i think the bit rate i, I think the bit depth is better i think it's 10 bit uh, recording on this and then i think the fs5 is 8 bit if i'm not mistaken so that just gives you more control in post yeah i it really does look like you're C one hundred, yeah, that's. I think I think they came out this and they just we need to kill the C one hundred because it's C one hundred super popular. Yeah, like everybody's buying them because it's just in this. It's not that cheap, but it's not so inexpensive so expensive that almost everybody can't buy it. That's a professional, right? Videographer, right? Like it was like for when I got it a few years ago, it was about this about that price, and it was like a no brainer. It's like this is it. Um, here's the thing though. On my C100, I can use all my native Canon lenses. Correct. On this one, I have to use an adapter, which lowers right. the, lowers the everything, makes right. things bigger and all that. Correct. Um, Crop factor of uh, what is is it? Uh, this is a super and thirty. And a half? Uh, this is a super thirty-five. So that super thirty-five. Yeah, which is the same as my C100, but mm-hmm. but uh, but I but I have this extra thing hanging off, and and it's extra adapter to use all the time. Instead of yeah. so that's the extra thing kind of thing we were talking about the GH4. Do you want this extra yep. thing? Right, which um, may or may not be automatic and might be all manual at that point it, too. It, it might be more manual. I love the C100's autofocus. So good. Yeah. Um, this one, not sure if it has autofocus. I think if I want autofocus, I'll have to use the Sony lenses. If I want good mm-hmm. autofocus, which means buying these expensive Sony series lenses that are not as good for cinematography in a way. Because they're kind yeah. of they're like focused by wire, which means they don't have a physical ring to focus that actually mm-hmm. adjusts the lens in a linear fashion. Mm-hmm. They actually the dial on the lens is electronic, so it the ring on the lens will send a signal to the lens, but it's not very responsive. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing about the Sony lenses at this point. So yeah, I'm not sure. I guess jury's out on that one. The uh, suggested retail price, I don't know if this is still true, they say that for body only, 6700 bucks. Does that sound about right? Uh, no. Actually, at B&H, you can pre-order it for 56 Oh, that's without, pretty good. Without the lens. If you want to get the 18-105, which is, yeah. seems like a pretty nice lens, mm-hmm. um, it's actually not that bad. It's another 500 bucks. And that's an F4 lens, I believe. Um, is it? Yeah. I, I don't... 18 to 105 yeah. f4. Yeah, that's yeah, you're right. It's a kit lens. It's a kit lens. It's like a $600 lens. So it's not that great of a lens, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can pretty much tell by the price how good the lens is. Right, 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 right. That's true. <laughs> and it's actually well, okay, you get $100 off if you buy the lens with the camera. So, yeah. yeah, I actually have something pretty similar to that. 
this mm-hmm. lens, but my lens has a wider range. I think mine's like 18 to 200. Yeah. Um, that was for my FS 100, which I never, I never sold that lens though. So I still have mm. that. But, um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, something that I, I, I guess let's wait and see what, uh, what comes out of it. Yeah. I'm going to wait for the reviews. I think it just came out. So we're going to probably get a lot of people getting them and reviewing them and talking about it. Good. Yeah. And Sony, uh, send us a, a, a demonstration copy so we can try it out. Yeah. Still, still well. haven't. It still hasn't killed my interest in the Canon C100 Mark II. That's good. Which is like three times as expensive. So yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Um, hey, uh, you wanted to talk about something, I, and I can't remember if it was good or bad uh, about Premiere Pro. <laughs> is, is that true? Let, yeah. let, let's let's t- let's touch on that before we uh we close things out here. Premiere Pro. Okay, so they came out with this amazing, well, supposedly amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say it is. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, first of all, my my uh I had to renew my Creative Cloud subscription. And the year was up. The year was up. I had actually okay. gotten 2 years for a pretty good deal. I was guaranteed the same price for 2 years when I first got it. And then Yes. And then uh, they, I had to renew it this year, and uh, they raised the price on, it and I could get it lower. Of course, so I, yeah. So I think it was like fifty bucks a month now. Whole uh, fifty bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. That's it was like thirty-five bucks a month before. So it's it's a significant increase in the price. Yes, absolutely. So, but for that, you know, you get everything. So it's, it's sure still, it's still worth it. Um, and, and you're kind of handcuffed because you 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 want it, you need it, so. There yeah. you are. They're very. They were very wise to come out with the subscription. It was a very, yes. very good business. I'm sure they're much richer now that they've done this. That, that's why their building is so big in San Jose. <laughs> so. But they should have invested some of their money in actually developing the new version of Premiere, because. <laughs> <laughs> are they resting on their laurels, Keith? I think that they just want to have like lots of good, amazingly amazing sounding features, and not make the things. <laughs> Make their product stable and useful. <laughs> we want to use th- uh, theoreticals here. Yeah. So and not actually deliver on anything. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that there are some things about it that are better. It seems like it's a little bit faster than 2014 version. Mm-hmm. So that that part's I guess better. But I found it's not as stable. I mean, that's the main thing you need from any kind of software that you use all the time. You need it to be stu- super stable. Like, So what happens? Oh, I've had, crash? I've had crashes, you know, like really bad crashes where it crashes my old computer. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Like I've never, I usually never had, the, I would have the program itself crash before with 2014 once in a while. Yeah. Uh, this one, it's, the program itself doesn't seem to crash, but the whole computer <laughs> crashes. <laughs> um. That then, yeah. <laughs> so it's and so I started. I was like I was really excited about using, and I started uh, like converting a bunch of my in progress projects over to 2015, and then I just regretted it <laughs> because because <laughs> I did some significant work on those after I converted them, and then I it was and then I encountered these problems. Another thing that happens is the playback screen for whatever reason decides not to play anything, like it's black. <laughs> so I can't. So I have to re- restart the program. And then sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't and resetting right. it. And I mm. use the, you know, I use the pro maintenance tools from digital rebellion to fix stuff. I do the cocktail. I do the chicken voodoo dance. 
<laughs> and then, actually, I did, I did the chicken voodoo dance today <laughs> to try to fix the black screen problem. So, um, and I don't, I don't see that it's really, the, like, the functionality is not any different than 2014. I don't see that I'm getting a lot. There's this one thing that I was really super excited about. It was the morphing between cuts. So, you mm. know, sometimes when, you, when, when somebody flubs, like an interviewee, flub something and then you have to cut you have to cut to a different angle to mask that cut correct or else it seems like it's a jump what's called a jump cut it's like this right yes um so they actually have this amazing feature what is it called i think it's called morph cut or something let me see what is it actually called yeah it's called morph cut so you basically it's like a it's like a dissolve or any kind of transition that you would put in between two clips and Mm -hmm. then it'll fade in and fade out or dissolve or whatever the whatever transition you're using. Well, this is called morph cut and it actually will analyze the frames from both sides of that dissolve forever, how long you want it. Like mm-hmm. say you want it to be, well, actually you want it to be, to look, to look like they're starting to say one thing and then it, they start saying another thing. So anyway, it, analy- it somehow it analyzes the frames on both sides of the cut and then makes the transition between the one word and the other totally smooth. And it looks like they're saying it, even though you've cut, you mean it, it, it makes the uh, uh, the the clip look like it was shot in one take and Continu- everything is good, continuous. Yeah, so that whatever no mistakes, everything is good. Yeah, wherever which that- is what we could use in this podcast uh, pretty much every single time. <laughs> Continually, I wish we That's could right. use it. Um, but no, but every time I've never ever ever gotten it to work. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried it like 10 times. Oh, so you're right. It sounds great, <laughs> but it really doesn't work. I've I've tried it like 10 times. I've clicked on it, applied the transition. It's, it <laughs> turns for like 10 minutes. Or how, and then it says, sorry, can't do it. <laughs> and it gives me a couple different reasons. Usually it's because it says there's not enough material on either side of the cut. So... But okay, so I make the I make the transition longer. It's and that's not true. I mean, I'm cutting between two clips that are pretty long, so there should be enough material. Uh huh. So either I'm using it really wrong, or it's really hard to use, or it just doesn't work. All right. <laughs> and I've just been too busy to try to figure out how to make it work because there's not that many times where I, I really need that. Right. So, uh, but no, this is like the main the main feature, the main feature that they touted, and and I've never gotten it to work. <laughs> Uh, have you uh, searched any forums to see if anyone has been able to to do that, or is it, or do you, do you think it could be just you? I think out of it's probably just me, but out of pure disgust, I just have not done that. I just haven't. I just said, great. I don't want to. This stuff should just work, you know. It, it, right. If you're going to release it, and they're and they're sticking you for another fifteen bucks a month, yeah, it better just work. It better just work. It better yeah. just work or give you an explanation of why it doesn't work and then try to adjust it, the parameters for for right. you. The default, whatever that you put in, it should work. It shouldn't require you to have to massage it. That's what I think. Right. So I haven't looked it up. Maybe I'll look it up in the future. I was just so disgusted with all the other instability and stuff that I just didn't want to investigate one more thing because it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to use 2015 anyway, so... I'm going to go back to 2014. So why should I even research this feature that doesn't work anyway? So, <laughs> so, so now when I do a new project, I'm not doing it in 2015. I'm still, I'm still doing it in 2014. As of right now. Yeah. I still have a bunch of projects that I'd converted over when I was in that period where I thought everything was working. Okay. Right. But every time I use it, 
I have this black screen problem. I even complained to them, reported bugs, and they said, yeah, we're working on that, working on fixing that. And how long ago was that? That was a while back, and they came out with a new release, and it didn't make it better. I think it <laughs> may have reduced the crashing, but uh-huh. it didn't make the black screen of, of death any better. It's not really the black screen of death. It's just the usable screen. It's, it's, it's just on playback, It's just right? on playback. Just, just when you want to look at your sequence and see what it looks right. like. Eh, who needs to do that? <laughs> who needs to do that? You're an artist. You don't need to you don't need to see how great it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go with your heart, fella. Go with your heart. Yeah. So I've wasted so much time just restarting and doing all this chicken voodoo stuff. So, I'm, so I'm, it, when, when you restart, is it just restarting the program or is it like actual having to reboot the machine itself? Um, today, I had an issue where it would not work until I, uh, well, I tried restarting the program. That didn't work. I tried using pro maintenance. These are kind of quick fixes that don't take that much time because restarting mm-hmm. my computer takes a long time. Yeah. Um, it's like 10 minutes before everything to shut down and restart. So, <clears throat> so I tried the quick stuff first. That stuff didn't work. Usually the quick the quick stuff does work. Usually just closing the program and restarting it will make it forget and remember that it should actually play back video. Right. And <laughs> yeah. but that didn't work this time. It was always black. So I did the whole cocktail pro maintenance cocktail and then restart. And then when I came back it was working. So but I don't want to have to do that. That's lame. It's very time consuming. So that's why I'm talking about this in such a disparaging way. <laughs> I just want to, you know you get this stuff you get this stuff that's supposed to be this great new release I, I yeah. should have learned this is never n- no new releases ever work very well they always yeah. take like a year to work well mm-hmm. or like six months I should why didn't I just listen to all the times I've done this in the past I've probably done this like a hundred times you get some new software you, sh- you it's it's got such great marketing you think it's going to be perfect it just it's crap and then you have to use the old stuff this is I've done this so many times. Why don't I just re- remember what I've learned from my past mistakes? <laughs> Not listening to the marketing. <laughs> so this is a lesson. Never, never, ever start a new project with a new. But a new yet you won't learn that. Yet you won't learn that. <clears throat> I think maybe if I record it on the, the podcast, I'll uh-huh. listen back to it enough. <laughs> 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 but anyway. Oh, that's great. Well, <laughs> hey, congratulations on Th- that. Thank you and, very uh, much. Con- thank you, Adobe. And- I guess we've pretty much ruined our chance of Adobe sponsoring us. Sorry. Well, uh, well you know, rather than sponsoring <laughs> us, they should be uh, uh, d- doing a little bit more QA, maybe. So uh, <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. I, I, I've, be- I've been in the software industry, so, you know, it's, it's hard to find bugs when you're not personally experiencing them. Right. But, yeah, QA is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. I would say. Well, that is uh, that's terrific. Well, good. Um, this has been quite an episode, Keith. Uh, I know. You, you know, we haven't really uh, focused on uh, on one uh, particular uh, segment or or subject, but we've just been kind of catching up a little bit. So I, I think it's just been great. We we've needed to catch up because uh, again, uh, just to rehash so much stuff has has occurred over you know the last couple of months that we last spoke and uh i think this was very very important uh uh to talk about stuff so i thank you very much for um allowing us to uh dedicate this episode to just catching up on our own uh uh things that are going on which has uh been a lot of fun 
Well, you're welcome, Rod. Thank you yeah. very much. It was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Always great stuff. Always great stuff. So, uh, anyway, w- what we are telling you now, folks, is that uh, for our next episode of Tech Move, we'll probably get back into more of the swing of things that we usually do. We'll have some specific uh, uh, segments that we like to touch, like uh, uh, maybe a uh, uh, maybe a, a fun subject of uh, teach me something new. Uh, you know, some other news, maybe some uh, listener mail. I was going to say viewer mail, but uh, listener mail. All kinds of neat stuff uh, will be coming up in the in the next uh, episode. But let's do a little bit of housekeeping here, and let's uh, let the folks know how they can reach us. Of course, as always, ladies and gentlemen, you could check us out on the web at techmovepodcast.com. And we would also like you to subscribe to us uh, on iTunes. Uh, just type in Tech Move, and uh, you should see uh, our lovely little uh, uh, availability there and subscribe. Uh, Keith, uh, anywhere else you want to mention? Uh, did we talk about the Amazon sponsorship? Of course not. Thing? I always leave that to oh, you. Oh, yeah. Just go to Amazon. Sorry. Go to, tech, <laughs> go to techmove.com. Sorry. Go to techmovepodcast.com. Tech tech this is going to require a lot of editing. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to uh, techmovepodcast.com slash Amazon. That gives you a chance to support the podcast uh, so that we could keep this um, available to you in the quality that you have come to know and love. <laughs> the expensive quality. That's right. That's right. Uh, we're also available on Facebook and Twitter. Where did they find us uh, on those two areas, uh, Keith? I guess it's. Yeah, we don't know. I guess <laughs> it's just it's just on there. I somewhere. think it's Tech Move Podcast on Facebook. I think so too, yeah. and I think tw- our Twitter handle is at Tech Move Podcast. Yes, so that's correct. Uh, we actually have quite a new follow, uh, quite a few new followers lately on Tech on uh, Twitter. I'm glad. Yeah, which is kind of uh, cool. too bad. There's nothing to read, but uh, <laughs> just. Pretty much, I'll just tweet when we come out with an episode. Excellent. So I'll tweet Good. about this one. <laughs> Good. Good. And uh, and then, of course, we're also available uh, on this great app called Stitcher, uh, which is a podcast uh, app. Uh, and you can search for us, search Tech Move, and you'll uh, be able to get to us from that um, area as well. All right, Keith. Uh, fantastic. Uh, let us call this an episode. Let's put this one in the can. Let's put the kids to bed. And let's say good night to each and every one of our fine, fine listeners. Uh, Keith, again, thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, Keith Moreau over there. Rod Louie over here. This has been Tech Move. See you later, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>